What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Against All Odds podcast. I'm here with Leo Fola, right? Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, pretty good, yeah. Leo Fola? Fola, yeah, yeah. Fola. Okay, so we'll roll the intro and then we'll get right into it. Okay, Leo, do you want to just give me your, your name, mm-hmm. age, and then your position? Okay, yeah. My name is Leo Fola. I'm 26, play center back. Center back, okay. Center back. And this is your first year with FC Tulsa? Correct, yeah. What's your number? Five. Number five? Five, yeah. You think about that for a second. <laughs> I was like, what? I've been five the past three years, but yeah. Uh, yeah, number five. Uh-huh. And then um, well, before this, you were at Chattanooga? Yeah, I did two years with Red Wolves in League One. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, now we'll just like, I like to always just start at the beginning. Start okay. from like where you're born and everything, and then we'll kind of go all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're born in New York, right? Yeah, born and raised in New York. Um, a small neighborhood called Roseville Island between uh, Manhattan and Queens. Very unique neighborhood in terms of like, uh, the background, like a lot of the kids I grew up with were from like all different types of backgrounds. Like I have a lot of North African friends, African friends, uh, kids from the Middle East, Europe, all over. So mm-hmm. um, very diverse background where I came from. And I was born and raised in New York, played soccer there my whole life. Um, played local, you know, academies and club mm-hmm. all the way up until college, which was I ended up going to three different schools, two of them, which were in New York, which is Albany and uh, St. Francis in Brooklyn. So uh-huh. pretty local kid in New York, I'd say. I feel like. In the soccer scene, most people would know about me or heard of me in New York. Mm-hmm. That's and then so, did your parents? Did are they all into football? Like they're all soccer? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, like my, my dad used to coach me like rec league in mm-hmm. the neighborhood, so I kind of got it through him and my brother. I have an older brother who used to play, wasn't as good, but um, <laughs> but he claims he was, but he was all right. But um, it, they kind of like not pushed on me, but like in, introduced me into it. And then there was no further like keep me alive. I just loved it, you know. So. Yeah. Do you have any other siblings? Yes, I have a older brother, older sister. So I'm the I'm the youngest. Yeah. You're the youngest. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And then did your brother? Did he? How far did he make it with soccer? He played high school soccer, but like high school soccer, I don't know about in Portland, but in New York, it's a joke. Like it's yeah. like it's just fun. I played high school soccer as a striker, and I used to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to kill it, but it was fun. But yeah, no, I, I, just, I actually was a striker too. Yeah, in yeah, high school, a striker in high school. Yeah, how fun was high school? Yeah, man? so much. Like fun. high school soccer it, was it like was you get joke, out of though. class early, like. Mm-hmm. Just getting all the stats. Like <laughs> it was a joke. So yeah, it was, it was fun. Though. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. But and then, did you play any other sports growing up? Played a little bit of baseball for like a, a year or two. I never liked it. It was just too mm-hmm. much standing around, and yeah, it was never my thing. And you have so you have like an American passport, yeah, Brazilian passport, yeah. and Italian? Italian, yeah. So I have yeah, three citizenships. Brazilian through my parents. My parents are Brazilian immigrants from São Paulo. Uh huh. Um, my mother's side is Japanese. So my grandmother was born and raised in Japan after the World War II. We're from a very, uh, we're from an island called Okinawa, which is like the mm-hmm. southern part of Japan, mm-hmm. my, my uh, mother's side. Um, it's like kind of a little different than mainland Japan, like not the mainland, but like um, the people itself are a little different. Like it's almost like another race almost, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But anyways, a lot of, it was a very important area for the war, like World War II where the states would send a lot of troops and wars were fought there. So obviously after the war it was really destroyed. Grandma moved to Brazil. When she was about 18, you know, Japan was destroyed. Nothing there. Went to Brazil. Fun fact, the most Japanese outside of Japan are actually in Brazil. Really? Yeah. Most people wouldn't, would not know I that. would not, yeah. I There's actually that. a decent amount of Japanese in Peru as well. Uh-huh. But um, my grandma moved to Japan. She, and she, my mother was born in Brazil. Born and raised in Brazil. So my mother's a Japanese-Brazilian, but she her first language is Portuguese. She speaks a little Japanese, but very little. Mother met my father in Brazil, Sao Paulo. Then they moved to New York which is where me and my brother and my sister were born. And then the Italian comes because my father's side, Fola is actually Italian. Mm-hmm. 
So my father's side is Italian, but his, my great grandparents moved from Italy to Brazil. So this is at least two, three generations ago. Mm-hmm. But um, there's actually a lot of Italians in Brazil as well. So that, that explains the three passports. But that's yeah. good for soccer. At least the EU one is. Yeah. And the American for sure. Yeah. yeah. Can you speak Italian? Not really. I mean, I can understand a lot more just because like the Latin base with Portuguese and everything. Yeah. But um, I, I, I want to take it up. But what about Spanish? How, how's your Spanish? Spanish is pretty good. I mean, they're very similar, Portuguese and Spanish. So it's like. Yeah. People always say that Portuguese is like drunk in Spanish. Yeah, I always hear that either that or like yeah, I hear so many variations of that. Uh huh. Yeah, Dang. Okay. It's, they're very similar though. So mm-hmm. that, that's sick though. Italian passport. You can speak a little Italian. Spanish, yeah. Portuguese. What about yeah. Japanese? Can you speak Japanese? No, very no. little. Very little. Yeah. It's just a whole nother language. But I wish I did honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever been to Japan? No. That's definitely on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be cool. That flight that's, is that flight is like at least twenty hours or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I Mimi and I were looking at uh, flying to like Thailand for our honeymoon uh-huh. this next next off season, and just like, do we want to go that far? That's the thing. How long is the flight? Did you see? Like, yeah, it's like twenty hours. Like it's Jesus crazy. Christ. But I hear Thailand is that's yeah. like that's a destination for a lot of footballers. <laughs> I hear. Yeah, I know a couple guys in the off season they go there, and I hear it's super cheap. So yeah, I know because uh, like the you can get a sick hotel for like two hundred fifty bucks a night. Yeah, and then which, eating I hear is like you eat like a king for like ten dollars a day. Mm-hmm. Like so that's what I hear at least. It'd be cool. You just have to suffer through the twenty hour flight. Yeah, exactly. All right, so it's super multicultural background then. Yeah. Um. Oh, and your middle name is like what's your middle Tomashiro, name? Tomashiro. Yeah. Tomashiro. Yeah. yeah. Leo Tomashiro Fuller. Yeah. Japanese. Yeah. That's funny. Hey, get down. <laughs> um. Okay, and then so growing up in New York, uh, you said you played a little bit of baseball. Yeah, just it was mainly just soccer. Mainly soccer, yeah. Because since little, yeah. And then because it's, I mean, your pair, your dad, especially being from Brazil, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's what he grew yeah. up his whole Pushed life. Pushed on me, yeah. He was my coach and everything. Why so. did you? Why did your dad and why did your family move to New York before you guys were born? I I forget. So obviously back then Brazil was under a dictatorship, so it was just not the best place to be in. And I my my father had visited New York. And loved it. And he's like, oh, I, this is like, this is where we got to live. This is where mm-hmm. we got to raise our kids. And I forget what he ended up doing. He ended up doing some scheme basically where, not some scheme, like he paid a woman to marry her, him to become an American citizen. Uh-huh. And back then I'm sure it was a lot easier to do as opposed to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, dad, if I'm kind of exposing you right <laughs> now, if I'm exposing you right now, but that's how, be, that's how he got American citizenship. And then once he became American, he divorced a lady and mm-hmm. then brought my wife, my, my wife, my mom, which was his wife. And then they were there. But um, I guess just because New York's New York, you know, it's like everyone opportunity. America's like land of opportunity. And it's like New York. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you think of New York, Miami, all these big cities? And that's that's how that's how it happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. And so you growing up uh, and you learned Portuguese all from your your family huh? Yeah. at home. Do you guys speak Portuguese or English with my mom? Mainly Portuguese because our Portuguese isn't that great. My dad's actually very speaks English very well. He's uh-huh. actually very good with languages. He speaks Italian, French, Spanish, Portuguese. Um, his English has no accent. Like he sounds like he's an American. Uh-huh. My mother, my mother has a pretty strong accent. But um, yeah, he uh, we it, at home we I learned Portuguese just hearing it. So if you uh-huh. told me to like write an essay or something in Portuguese, I would be pretty bad. At it. <laughs> uh-huh. But I could speak it so well because I learned just hearing it. You know, I was never actually taught to to write it and stuff. That's funny. Yeah. And then growing up playing, um, like before was it just all like local like with your friends playing all the oh, time yeah. and like clubs and stuff from up until like yeah your first club team at like 11 or yeah so i the only actual like organized soccer i would play up until like 12 was like rec league mm-hmm. which is like boys and girls like anyone joins like free neighborhood rec league you know yeah. you got free shin, shin pads everything yeah but honestly i grew up playing like in my neighborhood which is um roseville island we would have this we had a couple places we played we had one place called the cage 
and we would just play there and we loved it. Mm -hmm. It was like bouncing off the walls, like the gate, there was like a little gate and that was the goal from like this pole to this pole. Mm -hmm. So much so that I actually have it um, tattooed right here. Oh, that's, it. that's the case. That's where it. I grew up. That was a young me. That's sick. And um, yeah, I grew up playing like that. Why is it number 11? Back then I thought I was like, you know, hot shit. And I was like, I'm going to be a striker and superstar <laughs> forward and score all the goals. And that was number 11. But uh, yeah, got relegated down to five. But um, but yeah, I grew up playing mainly in the park and stuff. And then my first like official like travel team was 12, 13. Uh-huh. And that's when I like, you know, started to really take it more serious. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty much like, I mean, I've had Rodrigo on the podcast, had other yeah. Brazilian guys on the podcast. They all always talk about like futsal courts yeah. like that in brazil playing yeah. all the time like that with their friends yeah so you kind of had that in new york a little bit yeah it was even crazier because like it was like concrete so like you would just like the ball would bounce all over so i guess in a sense you were like testing your touch and mm. working on it without even knowing it like half of this cage was like rubber and half of it was just concrete yeah. and then there was walls you know like it was it was perfect i mean i would definitely get my kid to play there now because yeah. it's like that and that's where you love the game really you know just yeah. playing it with your friends every day we were in my neighborhood, there was like all these different cliques. We were known as like the soccer kids because mm. we would just play soccer all day, you know. So that's yeah. It, yeah. Was there like uh like, I mean like other neighborhood kids would believe you like basketball players? Yeah, there were like the skate kids, and mm -hmm. there were so many kids that would try and come into our group and play with us. We'd have like kids from like, you know, like different buildings that were like just not about soccer at all, like, and they would come with the new total nineties and like try and get in with us and yeah. stuff, and we just didn't like it. <laughs> but um. Yeah, they we were just always outside playing, and then the, the cage was also used sometimes for dodgeball. So we would kind of mix with other groups and yeah. stuff. But I don't know, man. These kids these days they miss out, man. They don't know what it's like to be outside and like you know mm -hmm. just had that kind of childhood. Nowadays, I feel like they're just on their phone and at home and playing video games. Yeah, but. yeah. No, it's funny though because like everybody I talk to like has some form of like playing like that. Some neighborhood yeah. like Eric. Like yeah. he was in Virginia Beach, completely different scene. Right. But they would just do like backyard, go into somebody, want some kid's backyard, and just play. Right. 5v5 like all day yeah. long you know and like even for me i didn't have like a like i was in the suburbs of portland mm -hmm. but like me and my brother it's always 1v1s like always yeah. like we had like a little like room a living room that my mom would just clear out because it's always raining in portland yeah we just clear out that like extra living room and just play 1v1 in the like, house in the house yeah all <laughs> like day destroying long everything. destroying everything <laughs> broke so much stuff but like that's all we that's did the best just play yeah, 1v1s yeah. yeah and i was talking to this one of my friends he's like what do you like he has like a this younger team he's coaching like a U8 team uh -huh. and U8 team not U18 oh U8 U8 yeah oh, okay like I, thought, yeah, I thought U18 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said it I was like I for sure sounded like 18 but no he was like what should I do I'm like bro just have him play yeah like, literally honestly, just have him play yeah. like you could do a few things but just yeah. 3v3 4v4 yeah I think like I think I spent more time playing unsupervised so like with no coach or parent or you know telling me what to do mm -hmm. than I did actually within a team setting yeah especially like even now because you know like Let's say back then, like when you were in DA or whatever, you know, we would train three times a week, an hour and a half, mm -hmm. two hours. That's four to six hours. Yeah. I would play that in a day on like a Saturday, you know, mm -hmm. in the summer. Yeah. When like, you know, there was no school, you just go out and play all day. So yeah. it's like, I, I, if I were to do the math, I don't know. Now I feel like I would actually, up to this point in my life, I've played more soccer, like, you know, in the park with no coach telling me what to do and mm -hmm. control with this foot, pass with that foot, you know, with my friends that I have in the actual s setting where it's like, either it's college coach or a club coach or a professional coach, like drilling you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is crazy. Makes sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, as a kid too, you could play like five hours a day and not, exactly. not feel and you anything. don't get tired. Yeah. Like, you know, and you're like, why well, I have to stop. Yeah. Like <laughs> now if you do five hours, I do oh, two hours. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. And then, so what was your first, what was your first club team then? 
My first club team was Asphalt Green, which was a team in the Upper East Side of New York. Uh-huh. Um, and how did you figure out how to go? Like, did your parents just sign you up for that? I Were forget. I think my dad took me to a couple of tryouts. And then after that, I remember I would take the bus by myself when I was like 13. I would get there on my own, I remember. And um, I was on the B team at first. Mm-hmm. And I had to work my way up to the A team. And then I did a couple of years there. But I think my dad kind of introduced me. But then from there on out, it was, I was all me on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was working. I forget. I think my mom was working at the time, too. And I, I they, didn't, they never took me to soccer practice. I always went on my own, which mm-hmm. luckily in New York, you know, you take the trains and stuff. So you don't have to worry about, like, getting a ride. But yeah. um, How long was the the ride to get there? So we're, so we're, the neighborhood I'm from, there's, like, a little tramway that takes you, because I'm, like, on a little island, and it takes you into Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And I would take that over, and then I would just walk and catch a, and catch a bus that would take me straight there. But um, it would be, like, 45 minutes, 40, mm-hmm. 45 minutes. I remember sometimes I would skip practice, because, one, I hated the commute. And two, I didn't like the coach at one point. I forget why I didn't like him. But I would I would rather stay and play in my neighborhood <laughs> than go to practice, you know, yeah. because I had hated it. But then I wouldn't play on the weekend, so eventually I had to, <laughs> eventually I had to go go to practice, you know. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, because I always wonder about that, like for the, the first year, how right. people make their – because it's usually a parent that helps them out or someone right. random like that. But was, I was on the B team too my first club year, yeah. like U11 yeah. or something, like same thing, B team. And then after the first weekend – I got moved up to the A team because yeah. I had like a hat trick that first game or something. Yeah. But and when did you move up to the A team? I think it took me a couple months, but I remember like when I first got called up and like the B team would train on one side, the A team would train. Yeah. And then like if you would scrimmage at the end, you know, come mm-hmm. together. But then I remember like warming up with the A team and looking over to the B team and like I, they would just look back at me like, you know, like I'm like, <laughs> Traitor. yeah, like that's funny. But it was, it was good times, man. I, w- I would trade it for anything right now honestly, uh, just to be back at that age i think that's impressive too at like 13 to because i mean new york's different than most places but like when if thinking back to when i was 13 mm-hmm. to go on a train by myself yeah. switch over get on a bus yeah. by myself like yeah that's that's pretty yeah, impressive. that's what i that's what i did growing up for a lot of uh i mean even public school too i think i took the train in high school freshman year i was going already up to school by myself i was like 14 13 mm-hmm. 14 so in that case yeah because my parents couldn't take me anywhere and you don't really drive around that much in the city you know mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense but um yeah how long how far did you live from like like Times square 30 minutes by train 25 okay. maybe yeah it was, i was pretty close i was right there mm-hmm. i'm in between manhattan and queens so it's okay. like right there right there. i've never been i've been to new jersey never been to new york I've never been to new york really uh, i've been the only time i've been to new jersey why would you be just, to play red bulls yeah just to play red bulls too who are you with when you play red bulls st louis oh because they, they were in the east they were in the west the year before i hopped in with them and when they were in the Eastern Conference, and then I think uh-huh. the next year after that, they moved back to the West. Okay. So yeah, I was in the I was with them like the one or two years they they were Eastern yeah, Conference. Don't even, they play at uh, who, where were they playing at that time? I know they play at a university. It was now. some turf field. It was like uh, was, it, was it a university or no? I think so. Didn't it, they play at the stadium a couple of times? Oh, that was that. That was before. That was before. Yeah. That's when the year they won it. I had a friend yeah. who was on that team. Yeah. Me too. They, Conrad Ple- uh, Pleva. Oh, I've, I've, he played Cosmos, didn't he, or something? Yeah, like that? played for Cosmos. Yeah, I don't know year. him, but I've, I've I've had friends that play with him. Yeah, he's funny. I, I'm yeah. close with him. He's a he's a good guy. But yeah, I played with him at St. Louis. But the year before that, he was on that Red Bulls two team that, that won. won. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were really good. They yeah. were sick. They were really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the only time I've ever been new, like New Jersey, New York. You gotta go, man. I mean, maybe not now because of COVID. It's kind of dead <laughs> it's right now. Dead. Yeah, it's kind of dead. I wouldn't go now. Yeah, but, um, we'll wait. We'll wait. But Mimi, that's like on Mimi and I's like bucket oh, list to do. Like from April or May to like 
October when it's nice out. New York, mm. I think, is the best city in the world. Yeah. When it's cold, I'm not a big fan. But hey, what did you do in the winter? Like, how did you train in the winter? Oh, God. This winter was brutal. I don't know about Portland. Does it snow a lot in Portland? No. We get like one week it's, in the snow. Just rain mainly? Yeah, mainly rain. It snowed a lot, man, this winter. And it was brutal. We would shovel snow. I remember, how, I don't know how much snow. I remember Ricketts actually texted me. <laughs> he was like, hey, how's it going? You like training and stuff? I was like, yeah, man, I'm trying, but you know, I got to shovel the snow. It's annoying, but I do it. He was like, yeah, man, you're doing, you do a lot more than I did. Cause when I was your age, I never did that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, at least he's honest. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I was at least, at least three to four hours I spent like per month just shoveling snow and I didn't have boots or anything. It was a nightmare. But it built character, I think, honestly. <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good character building exercise. Yeah, that's that's to good. make a little like spend an hour to get a little ten by ten yard space to do some work with cones. God, yeah, that I yeah. hate snow for that yeah. that reason. Do you um like are there indoor areas like big like the yeah. bubble domes or whatever? There are a couple. Training? There are a couple that you pay for, but yeah, you have to pay I, for those, right? Yeah, honestly, like I would I would just go to a park and kick around. If mm -hmm. sometimes the snow would be clear there before, mm -hmm. or there was a point where I remember I forget what off season I think it was twenty eighteen, right? Going into my first year Chattanooga. The field in the neighborhood was getting renovated and there was no field to use in my thing in my neighborhood. And I would just go to the park and kick around against the wall. Mm -hmm. And it was honestly, it was honestly great work for just touch, you know, yeah. control and pass. Mm -hmm. But um Yeah, it's it's funny how good of training sessions you can get like at a park like that. Oh my god, you get so many touches too. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were to do the math, how many touches you get in, the, in that compared to a team training. Yeah. It's like a way more. Like yeah. At least <laughs> 10 times more. If not. Mm -hmm. Like in quarantine, like all the fields were closed. Like right. Titan was locked up closed. You couldn't use anything because you just, you weren't even allowed to be in an open field. Right, right. It was like complete lockdown. So I would go to this one like park that was open and there was like this little like three, it was like a concrete, like the size of this coffee table, a little bit bigger actually. Mm -hmm. It had three concrete, like three foot high walls. Yeah. So I'd pass it on one, pass it on the oh, other. Oh, that's pass perfect. That's Bro, perfect. It was amazing. It All you need is like, usually if I just get two sets of walls right here, mm -hmm. I can just like turn, work on turning. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. If you get three, that's three, like, yeah. you're this, balling. Like, <laughs> the set, setup was sick. Everybody yeah. was like, how do you get so lucky to find yeah. that? I'm like, I don't know. I it's don't like know the what poor it was. man's. You ever see the Borussia Dortmund thing? Yeah. Like, that's like the poor man's that one where like shoot the ball and you like turn and pass it to the other side. Yeah. that I want to get one of those machines. Yeah. like in my ideal like if i had like a training facility, facility like that yeah. it'd be yeah, so yeah. sick to and have like that. lights up and that's where mm -hmm. you're supposed to hit it yeah, yeah, yeah. and whistles like boop, boop. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sick um yeah okay and then so like growing up too for club teams did you bounce around for club team to club team or was that like your club team all the way up until like 18? no no so i did a year or two at asphalt green and um on the it was in the upper east side so a lot of the kids were from there and I don't know if you're familiar with New York. The Upper East Side is like a pretty bougie neighborhood. It's like mm -hmm. wealthy. And um, it's where you ever seen Gossip Girl? No. I feel like Mimi's probably seen Mimi's Gossip Girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of girls like it. But um, it's a very, it's a nice neighborhood. Like a lot, they have money. And I wasn't like poor, poor, but I didn't have that kind of money. So they gave, they gave me scholarship. And then, so I did two years there. And like, I didn't have to pay that much, which is great because, you know, club soccer in this country is like. Crazy. It's like, they charge you so much. I actually got it. I got invited to join one of the best ones at that time. It's called Manhattan Soccer Club. Uh, Jack Harrison actually played for him. He's on mm. Leeds now. Yeah. Um, yeah, just casual, right? <laughs> He's on <laughs> Leeds now. Playing did fun. you, was he, did you, you know him at all? No, I knew, I knew, I know a lot of people played with him, uh -huh. but I never actually played with him. But um, That's pretty cool though. Yeah, he, I think he moved to New York or something like that. And grew up playing there or mm. something like that. I don't know. But um, I knew a guy, I have a friend of mine who's actually like really close with him. But um, so I was going to go to that team, but then they were charging like, 5,000 a season, which is like the fall season, which is like three months. Yeah. And I was just like, there's no way I can afford that. Mm -hmm. And that's without the trips to like Disney. Cause they would, I think they would do Disney or Dallas, one of those, mm -hmm. which is like another thousand easily. And I was like, no way I could do that. So I ended up going to this team called dusk, which was downtown United soccer club. Wasn't the best team, but they offered me like scholarship. I didn't have to pay anything. Did a year or two there. 
And this was back when I was striker. I used to play striker in those days. Yeah. And then, then I joined DA. So I did three years of DA. Huh. When Two, you, what, how old were you when you joined DA? So at that time, I don't know about you, but back then it was only U16, U18. That was actually okay. academy. Yeah. And then they had pre-academy. Mm-hmm. But I did two years at Med Oval Academy, which was in Queens, um, which is actually a historic field in Queens. And then I did one year at Albertson Academy. When, yeah. And then that was my last year before college. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I bounced around a lot. Yeah. A yeah. lot of New York teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I, in Oregon for DA, there was only, it only had one year where there was a da team in, in oregon really like it was just yeah there's the, all of oregon all of oregon yeah we had fc portland well, was, Port- timbers had their team right not until after so when i was u19 like coming back after college that's when they started their academy system wow so yeah were they were they behind like other teams already yeah, had they behind. were behind they right? were way yeah. behind yeah but i mean the timbers were pretty new at that point too because like timbers didn't become an mls team until 2011 oh okay and i graduated in or they gra- they came in like 2010 or something. I graduated in 2011. Oh, okay. So, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like a USL team what, at what, the point. What DA team was there out, out there? FC Portland was like, FC they had it for one year and then it just, they, I guess money issues or something, but it disbanded after that. I tried out for the team, didn't make it. So I never played DA. Wow. So you just played club the whole time? Just played club. Yeah. And then you got club twice a week. And then, yeah, I did, uh, to... but I did uh, the ID camps to get recruited. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. Cause I remember when DA, everyone was like the college showcases were like huge yeah. and like you would see like the college coaches with their like hat and their little <laughs> clipboards and you're like walk mm-hmm. by hope and you think they like, you know, saw you and like wanted to talk to you. <laughs> Just keep on walking yeah. in front of them back. And I remember I'd be like checking my emails after the showcase to see mm-hmm. if any college coaches hit me up. Wow. And did, so you were striker. When did you transition? Did you, yeah. When did you transition? Uh, I think it was U16 Academy. We had no center backs. Our center backs were out. Uh-huh. I was like one of the taller kids on the team and the coach was just like, try it out. I was like, I've never played defense, like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And actually, we, we played versus DC United, and we killed them 3-1, actually. Mm-hmm. And and I did well, and then it just stuck, and then I just stuck with it. And Did you like it going from it? Mo- I feel like most strikers would have No, because liked- you want to be like a forward. You want to yeah. shoot. You want to whatever. <coughs> um, and at that time, I was like pretty good with shooting with both feet. But they just put me in the back, and it worked. And um, now I'm a center back and have been since, but... Mm-hmm. whenever i see that coach to this day he like he's like you're the reason why you know like, i'm the i'm the reason why you know like yeah you got this far i'm like yeah 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 but, um, <laughs> i think I, mean? I think it's the best though like if you're a kid to be in the attacking role first oh of course get that get the yeah. skill work yeah get used to, comfortable with that and then you can move back exactly yeah because yeah. i mean i was a striker in college striker you played striker in college yeah too. striker in college that's hard to make that transition though that yeah. late, that yeah. much later in your career that's right? why when i dropped out of college like straight number nine or like yeah straight number nine or like a seven what kind 11. of number nine like run behind just like... run behind <laughs> exactly how i played winger in okc <laughs> yeah. that's how i played just in college out and out like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just runs behind but striker i didn't know you played striker i thought you yeah. played maybe winger or something yeah i was striker i was a little bit bigger i was like 185 because i'm like 170 now Damn. so like i was bigger um towards the end but i also played winger for college, college weight too. program on huh? those yeah strength, the <laughs> conditioning program is no joke yeah it was no joke and they had the just time eating so much trying to get bigger bigger yeah, bigger yeah, yeah, just yeah. and i was a hold up striker but then it's just also like i was either holding it up or just uh, turning and sprinting in behind every time who did you see who's in your conference that was any big teams all california schools so it was like uc riverside uc santa davis barbara. santa barbara uh cal poly so those are some decent teams then. that's mm-hmm. a decent conference right? that's pretty good yeah yeah i'm gonna say that's some quality was ucla as well no they were in the the pack 10 pack 12 right, right, at the right, time right. but we would play them like in the before the conference or like in spring season and stuff we beat them that was like when they were ranked like number four that was like the yeah, best yeah. one of my oh, favorite. those are the big games like the yeah. ranked games yeah, yeah, yeah. so much fun yeah. um but how did you how did you 
Um, so you were now moving back at like 16 years old to a center back. Mm -hmm. How did you like, did you just always start training as a center back then from that point on with teams? And did you do like, were you still playing? You're like in the, in the cage, still training there with your friends. I feel like the older I got, like some of my friends, some of my friends stuck with soccer, but you know, obviously not everyone sticks with it. Some people have different interests that some aren't good enough. Yeah. Um, we weren't playing that much at that age, but, um, I would basically just be training either on my own kicking around at the park or whatever. Mm -hmm. And or with uh, my academy team, but um, since then, yeah, they put me at center back, and I just kind of just stuck. But there, there was still in my head. I was like, damn, I want to play striker. Like, you know, I want to mm -hmm. go out there and like try and score and stuff. But, yeah, and that was what high school was for. Yeah, and high school was just, just yeah, it was just kind of <laughs> taking a piss. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Like I said, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> just go and you play these kids that would show up in Jordans. Like they would play. I swear to God, you play the kids with Jordans. Like it was, <laughs> like they didn't have cleats. Like they'd never played soccer in their life. Like, yeah. I remember one time we played this team and they were kind of like, it was like a kind of, it was a bad school, like a pretty rough school mm -hmm. because it was public school. And we played this rough team and like their coach was crazy. As soon as they, we beat them like eight zero, whatever. I don't know what it was. As soon as they lost, the coach made them start running laps right after the oh game. And they were just running laps. And I felt so bad. I was just like, <laughs> none of these kids are actually here to like become pros or like yeah. try and get a scholarship. They're either trying to find a way to get a gym class mm -hmm. or they're like, just doing it for fun. Yeah. And this coach is just yelling at them, ripping them while they're running. I was just like, <laughs> well, as if that's going to help them like for get, the next game yeah, too, like get more prepared yeah. for it. It was just old school, you know, just real yeah. old school yeah. mentality. I hated that. Um, how did you get recruited to by, cause you went to your first year, it was at a community college, yes, right? Iowa Western community college. Uh -huh. How did, how did that come about? Yeah. So that's funny. So going, going out of my last year in Academy, what happened? I, I had, I didn't have that many offers and the offers I did have for D1s were like, I remember back then I was like D1, like was, mm -hmm. where are you going? Which D1 school were like 10% scholarship, 20%. was just like, what am I going to do? I'm going to pay, take out $20,000 a year, you know? Mm -hmm. um, my grades also were pretty below average. I'm not going to lie. They what was your GPA? Psh, I don't even know. We had grade num we had numbers. We didn't have like 4.0, but I, I think like my senior year was bad. I, I just, I I was not a good kid senior in high school, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I, I cut a lot of school, but um, senior GP, like overall for high school, I think I had like a 70 something. Uh-huh. Like C's mainly? Yeah. C's. And it was like, my grades weren't that good. Low 70s maybe, which is, I think it's had a D. It might be. Yeah. It's like C minus. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the scale for that, but so then I had a couple of friends who were in a similar position in my academy team. But they got offers from the school, and this school was actually like one of the top JUCOs, right? Mm -hmm. And so I ended up there because a friend of mine, who um, you probably you know Leo Fernandez, right, from Tampa. Yeah, you've yeah, heard yeah. of him, right? Mm -hmm. So I grew up playing with his brother, okay, Kaiki, and we went to school and we played academy together. And he also knows Eric as well. Mm -hmm. um, Eric knows everybody. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Shout out to Eric. But, <laughs> this guy um, knows everybody. So he um, he was going there, and then he kind of convinced me. And I was like, yo, honestly, I don't have any solid offers. They gave me a decent offer, and I went there. I went there for about a month or two, something like that. Dropped out to a couple of reasons. One, it was kind of my dad was in a bit, kind of back and forth between here and Brazil. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen with that, where my family was going to be. And I got invited to this kind of like select tryout that's like this Hispanic organization called Alianza de Football invited mm -hmm. me to. Um and I went, I, it's this like thing where a lot of Mexican scouts go and you get, if you, they call you up there, you get invited to like play for their, to try for their, like their U23 teams, U20 teams, mm -hmm. not like the first teams, but you know. Yeah. Down in Mexico? Down in Mexico. So it'd be mm -hmm. like America, mm -hmm. like, you know, Chivas back then were there. No, they still have Chivas. USA. Yeah. Back then it was Guadalajara and, and USA and all these other teams like Pachuca. Um, I went 
didn't work out. And then I ended up, since I had already dropped out of iOS and I spent a year without a, like a, a school or anything. Really? Yeah. That's just 2013. So I was 18. And then luckily, um, Albany came my way and that's when I went to Albany. So I did it like a quick month or two at, at, at Iowa Western. So did you play any games with Iowa? Yeah, Iowa I played like Western? four or five, I think. Uh-huh. And like, so mid-season, you're just like, yeah, I'm like, out. I dipped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that, that sums up the old Leo. I was just, I dipped and it was uh-huh. over. Yeah. Do you think that was a good decision looking back on it to leave for that opportunity or? I think so. I mean, granted, um, I don't know what would have happened if I stayed. Mm-hmm. They did win the national championship the year after. Really? I, I left and they won the national championship that year. Wow. And I was like, well... Yeah, it is what it is. I felt like shit at, at first because I was like, damn, I could have been part of that, yeah. you know. But then, Especially when you were probably a free agent. Exactly. Like I was like just sitting at home, kicking around, like, you know, by myself. Mm-hmm. And they're out here winning national championships. A lot of the kids transferred out to D1. They had a really good team. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids went to some big D1 schools. I don't think any of them really ended up still playing. But I don't know what, what happened if I stayed. I, yeah. You know, you can't tell. But yeah, I don't. I try not to regret it. So, mm-hmm. you know. That's it. That's interesting. I mean, at the same time, though, if you would have stayed, let's say, I mean, you never know what happens for you and the coach there. If you exactly. would have been starting or something, and exactly. then like you would have probably regretted not going to the, the, the thing. Alliance. I didn't want to not go and regret not going to yeah, that thing. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it was it was that really. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you when it didn't work out there, and then you were like a free agent, where was there like. Was that a low time? Like, were you like, oh yeah? And did you think that your career was maybe done, or were you just like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll find yeah. another team. I think throughout my like leading up to signing my first pro contract with Chattanooga, yeah, I think there were two big moments where I was like, oh, it's over. Like, I don't want to pursue this anymore. Or like, you know, that's that voice that's just yeah. like, get a job, or yeah, do something yeah, yeah. normal. You know, like, what are you doing? One of those times was right after I dropped out, and then I didn't make that, and I was like, eighteen. I'm like, I have nothing. Like, what do I have to show for myself right mm-hmm. now? Luckily, I rejoined an academy team, which I end up, I later ended up kind of screwing them over. So, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. So, Albertson Academy back then was a really good academy team. Yeah. Really good. Um, we would kill these MLS academy teams. Like, New England, all these teams would kill them. So, I ended up joining them again. I was still 18, but technically, I think you could be 19 and play U18. I don't know. They had some weird rule where I was able to play. So, anyways, I played with them. However, DA had a rule that you couldn't have played a, cat, a, a college game and come back and play DA. So uh-huh. once you play college, it was like NCA saying you play pro. You can't come back. Yeah. You know? I didn't know that. Maybe I did. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept it on the low. Yeah. And I played with them and we were doing well. We went to playoffs. I got into the team. I was starting as a six actually. They started playing me as a six. And we were doing well. Like I said, beating all these MLS two teams. MLS teams we went, went to Gillette Stadium, beat um, New England. Uh-huh. And then someone snitched on me. I don't know how. I don't know if it was one of the teams or one of the parents. Like he played, they like looked me up and they found that I had college games from yeah. Western. So every game I played in got deducted. Wow. So they were like first, we were like second place in our conference behind Red Bull, I think, because Red Bulls were in our conference. Mm-hmm. And so we forfeited like 15 points, dropped out of playoffs. Everyone hated me. <laughs> All the kids were like pissed because it was their last academy year yeah. before they went to college. And I was just like, sorry, man. Like, you know, and that, yeah, that's what happened. And then, I kind of made them forfeit the season <laughs> so <laughs> because of you yeah and mm-hmm. i just didn't want to waste the opportunity of playing at a good academy and versus like, yeah, not bringing nothing. it home and nothing yeah but there was a point before i found albertson that that was in a down point where i was mm-hmm. just like what i do what's my next step like mm-hmm. and i would just be playing fifa all day i remember my dad would come in the door and like smack me like what are you doing like do yeah. something and it was like i guess at seeing it now i couldn't realize it then but like i had a girlfriend too at that time too 
all I would do is like, I almost like ignored soccer for me. I would just play video games and hang out with her. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was a way to just kind of like get myself out of the reality of like, what's your next step? What are yeah. you doing? You're nowhere right now, you know? Yeah. So that was definitely one of those moments where it was hard. Mm-hmm. When I was even injured, like injured, it was after St. Louis and like, I didn't get a contract in the USL in 2018. But you had already played pro. Yeah. How many seasons? Two. Two. Three. If you count Germany, three. Okay. So you had, so I had three seasons, uh-huh. but like I couldn't get a contract in 2018 because I was still injured. And like I was getting surgery in February when the preseason was starting. Oh, yeah. So like no club wanted it's to a sign. It's a gamble. Me. Yeah. It's yeah. a big gamble. And then so I couldn't get anything. Like I was kind of like the same thing, like just sitting at home, like trying to figure out like what to do. And I went into like just making videos and like I had the full comment section, like, what are you doing? Like, what's your career? Everyone's like all this like, stuff. Yeah, and then I was like, no not, response. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't respond to it. Then like yeah. my family was super supportive, but I could even feel a little bit of like, and I was like focused on it, but I could even feel myself shifting a little bit more to like just making videos right. versus like actually training to get back healthy and, right. and focus on my career. Right. It was like super, only like a month of it, but like, it's tough because you want to just not even think about it, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but then how did, how did Albany come, come about? So Albany came about, I had gone to like an ID trial, one of those ID camps, whatever. Mm. And, um, th- th- this is before I went to Iowa. And I remember I saw the email to this day. He was like, yeah, sorry. You're not what we're looking for this year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's basically a polite. No, yeah. like you weren't good enough, whatever. Right. Then they sent me an email the next year after I did a good year with Albertson although we got disqualified because of me, but I did well, I guess. <laughs> and then he emailed me. He's like, Hey, like, are you looking for a college team? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Your eligibility might be a little weird. Cause you did like half a season with Iowa. We'll see what could happen. And then it worked out. And I, he brought me in and you know, I, I didn't get too much scholarship. I don't that I remember, but, um, I did there. And then I did, I ended up there. He offered me a position, a spot there. And I got there mm-hmm. and I did what I played 12 games of the first 18. Then I got injured after 12. I pulled a hamstring. I was out. You know how college seasons are. Yeah. You pull your hamstring out. You're out for half the season. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a marriage. It's, it's such like, it's like a sprint, you know? It's yeah. Like, it's so quick, but, um, a three week hamstring injury yeah. is, is you missed yeah. 10 games. Yeah. And Albany was funny too, because after I left, I transferred out just because to me, my mindset was so like soccer based at that point. I was like, I'm in a D one program. Like I've never been here. Like mm-hmm. that's all I care about is soccer right now. I want to play pro like college here is just for soccer. Like I don't, like forget school, like forget all that stuff. I'm here mm-hmm. for soccer. Didn't really go out, barely partied anything. Even Albany's a pretty big party school. A lot of my teammates, it was just like no knock on them. They just want to live their life. Yeah. Right? Um, I never went out and stuff. And I was just like, you know, I had a couple of friends who were in a local school in Brooklyn, and we were really bad that year. My first year, Albany, we had four wins out of like 18 games. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm out of here. I can't stay here. I told the coach that I was like, you know, I really told him I was like, listen, I'm like really focused on soccer. I feel like. Some of the players aren't, and I feel like I'll be more comfortable at home. I'll save money, mm-hmm. you know, even though I'll be commuting, but I want to pay for, you know, housing and all that stuff. And I told him he was pissed because I don't even there for a year, mm-hmm. and I had just left Iowa. <laughs> yeah. so, so it was like, it wasn't a good look. And I remember my dad telling me, he's like, Leo, you you realize what this looks like to most yeah. people to coach? It looks like you're a quitter. Mm-hmm. Like, you just want to leave, up and leave, up and leave. And I was like, yeah, but, like, I don't think this atmosphere is good for me. Like, I would rather be home, and mm-hmm. there's less distractions, you know, and whatever, I'll be home close to you guys. And essentially that's what I did. And then I could coach a little bit, make some money on the side. And to me, I think is a great decision, even though Albany did go on to win the the conference next year, <laughs> go to like the elite eight or whatever they made sweet uh-huh. 16, <laughs> beat Maryland. Like when the Maryland was like top, top. So whenever you leave, the team just does yeah, really well. I was just like, I guess if I leave here, maybe we'll start winning. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> or maybe Chattanooga will start winning this year. <laughs> but um, yeah, but like I said, I don't regret it. 
Uh-huh. And but you I, could just feel the atmosphere wasn't right for you. Yeah, so. for me personally, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't I, I wasn't into that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I transferred to St. Francis in Brooklyn, which we had a successful conference wasn't that good, Northeast Conference. But we had a successful three years there. And we won I won two championships and we went to NCAs, mm-hmm. lost first round both times. But um that was my college career really in a yeah. nutshell. So it was a good decision in the end to leave Albany. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I can't tell what would have happened mm-hmm. had I stayed. You know, yeah, yeah, it's hard, but yeah, it is tough to go back. Do you think that, uh, like, did you have any idea about St. Francis when you left, like, when you were planning on leaving Albany, or did you just leave and you're like, we'll see what happens? I had an idea because I had a couple friends who I played academy with who were there. Okay, and um, I didn't know a lot of the things I had that once I experienced there, like in terms of it being a smaller school, lower budget, yeah, not as nice facilities, not as nice, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, just everything. You're not getting taken care of as nice as you would have in a bigger state school. Mm-hmm. But um, granted, I think... How many people were in St. Francis? It was a commuter school. So there were thousands of people went, but no one lived on campus. Yeah. You know, so it was like, it's like a building. It's like a little small building. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, as opposed to Albany, which had a massive campus. Yeah. You know, like, so those differences were there for sure. Uh Uh-huh. And so you were were saying that too at Albany, but like you were focused on on going pro. Yeah. Like when you were, when did you realize like, okay, I'm going to try to... Because everybody wants to be a right. pro, but when did you realize like, okay, I'm gonna actually try to be a pro? Like, this right. is possible. I think Albany. Once I went to Albany, I was like, you know, I'm I'm playing D1 because, like I said, when I was growing up and we were in the academy, everything was like, oh, D1. What program? Are you yeah. Going to? Like, did you get like, oh, who committed? He committed. Mm-hmm. He committed. I remember people be te- checking top drawer soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for, like college that. stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think Albany is when I like really decided. And I was like, you know what? I ain't gonna get away from this party atmosphere. All these guys want to do is party, and which is great, but like that's not me. Like I'm here for soccer. That's the only reason I could care two shits less about school. Like this is not mm-hmm. for me. And I went to St. Francis, and you know, it's like you start to you start to you have this idea that like you're going to college, you're gonna get drafted. Yeah. Back then, that's how it was, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're gonna kill it, get drafted, and that's you know happily ever after. Exactly. Then you realize it's like not the reality for most players who play pro, right? Yeah. Like it did happen for some guys, don't get me wrong, but mm. most guys didn't get drafted. And, and if, if you did, most of the time it's just pushed straight down to you. Even even then back then too, yeah. there wasn't as many USL teams. So it was like yeah. just like either cut or, yeah, or we'll push you somewhere else. Exactly. So but you I you, I didn't have an idea. I just thought maybe I'd get drafted. But then going to St. Francis, I was like, you know what, we're doing well. But it was hard coming out of a smaller school. Mm-hmm. And as each season went by, I was like, I'm not on these like look. Uh, t- 20 players to lug out for yeah. in the college season, you know, or whatever the, the trophy was, like candidates for this trophy, you know, like the Heisman or whatever. Herman. Uh, Mac Herman. Mac Herman. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, nowhere near that. I was yeah. not on that radar. So as, as each season went by, I was like, I got to switch my thinking up. What, how am I going to go pro? I'm not getting drafted. Let's be realistic yeah. here, you know, come out of a small school. So that was, that was, that was the thinking, but I always knew, I think once I hit Albany and even earlier I knew, but I knew once I hit D1, I was like, all right, I followed the next step. What's the yeah. next step? What's the next step? You know, I think so. that's like the main thing too. I always say like your career is just like a whole bunch of like baby steps exactly. and you just focus on performing right. where you're at right. and then just reaching the next level higher Then exactly. perform there, then reach the next exactly. level higher. Like all these kids at 15 are so worried about how can be a pro, how be a, how can I become a pro? I'm like, well, first let's work on getting you from your club team to your DA team. Mm-hmm. Then let's work on there either to the a pro route or to a mm-hmm. college. Like yeah. stop worrying about, from going from zero to a hundred, yeah, you know, just, just focus like that. on that next step, you know, perform where you are and then focus on the next step. Right. right. So it seemed like you got to D one, you're performing there. Yeah. That's yeah. when it like, it 
went to the next step. Did you graduate St. Francis though? Yeah, I did. I actually did. Thank God for that. What you? What was your degree? The most student athlete major you could think of. Communications. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, degrees. A, a degrees a degree. Yeah, Doesn't matter. I, mean, I got it, but wow, I did mm. not learn much to be honest. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's a fault on the like, like that's a knock on the school or me as a student. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, both. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, communication. Uh huh. And then, um, did you played with a PDL team, right? Yeah, I played with FA Euro, which is a local PDL team as well. Mm-hmm. How did that go? Like, oh, we were we were bad. We never won, but it was just consistent playing time yeah. for me. And we were in a really hard conference, so we had uh, Red Bull Red Bull Twenty Threes. Uh huh. Reading, have you heard of Reading? Yeah, they're they're like back then they were like one of the best PDL teams. Mm-hmm. Rough Riders from Long Island, and uh, I forget we had another team. Forget which one, but they had we had a really good conference, but we get we we lose almost every game. Mm-hmm. But um, it was good because I was playing week in week out. So like I played college up until May. PDL started right away. Yeah, PDL till like July, mm-hmm. and then like three weeks until preseason. So it was like for me, I just wanted to play. You yeah, know? So, and I think too like it's so important. Like the more teams you play for, and the yeah. more teammates you like are you know connect with, and coaches right. that like you, it's just all connections on once you go up to the next level exactly and then so you graduated saint francis uh-huh. what was your next step after that so that's like that's like the big like all right what now like yeah. that that falling off a cliff like jump into reality like mm-hmm. getting out of that bubble after college is so real like mm-hmm. people talk about it but then you graduate it's like what am i doing for the rest of my life mm-hmm. i want to play soccer but what do i do right so i had been working i had a con a friend who um, actually now uh, operates uh, it's this team in Nisa. I think you may have heard New Amsterdam Football Club. They're yeah. like a New York team there. He He's like, I think, the sporting director there. But he has an agency or kind of like some kind of like placement thing that where he sends people over to Europe. And he sent a couple buddies of mine to the lower leagues, Germany. He's German, so he has a lot mm-hmm. of connections in Germany. He sent a lot of guys over. Were you at Darmstadt? In Germany, where were you at? I was in Gießen. It was like Gießen. above Frankfurt. Okay, have you heard of Darmstadt, the yeah. team? He sent a bunch of guys there, uh-huh. but he didn't send me, but he sent a, he sent a bunch of guys there, like Uber League of that team, and he had another contact in Sweden. So I was talking to him, and we were talking, and I was just like, listen, man, I got to find something, man. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I got to figure out what I'm doing. So the season was done in December. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I was fortunate enough to, he was like, look, there's a team in Sweden. They're interested in having you on trial. Which is like, fuck, I got to go all the way to Sweden for a trial. It's like, you can't get me anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, man. It's like, it was a fourth division team too. So it wasn't like I was trying to get to the first or second. I was like, yeah. right, I'll take a trial. But it was like fourth. And then when he told me the salary, he was like, oh, it'll be around like 500 a month. Just like, that's not a lot. And you, did you have to pay for your own flight over there? Yeah. Pay for your yeah, hotel, course, course, everything? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So a lot of people don't they think that like, oh yeah, they'll put fly me over. They're like, no. Fourth division Sweden. <laughs> yeah, no, you're gonna have to yeah, yeah. I mean, even even t- higher clubs, yeah, like for sure. Still like yeah, even USL teams. Yeah, yeah, USL, you know, get over yeah. here and then we'll talk. It's yeah, always yeah. like that. So um luckily I, I graduated like right after the season. So I graduated in December. Mm-hmm. Then February, I was in I was already on a plane to Sweden. And I was on trial for a bit. I was playing left back in college for a bit. Uh-huh. So I was playing left back. But um, in college, we play like a back four, basically four center backs. Yeah. The wing backs can go up. Yeah. Super old school. Um, and they had taken me in as a left back. And I was like, all right. He was like, look, my, the guy who, I, who sent me there, he's like, look, just play left back. They need a left back. You know, mm-hmm. tell him you can play center back, but show you can play left back because that's what they need right now. Yeah. Left back. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went there. And at first, they didn't really like me. I had problems with my ankle. I remember I got injured a little bit. And it was, it was rough there because, like you said, like, first of all, when I did end up signing with them, the salary was not 500 a month. Mm-hmm. It was less. It was like 300. Yeah. 
they taxed the 300, <laughs> which was insane to me because it wasn't yeah. even a pro contract. Because yeah. fourth division there is semi pro. Why? Yeah. Why Third was that division tax? is pro. I think it was just a way for them to scheme a little money yeah. and take a little money off the top. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll just put like a, some Swedish word. Don't yeah, worry, it's taxes. Yeah, exactly. It just goes straight to the back of the like club. took like an extra $50. I was just like, really? Yeah. So, what about housing? What do they do for housing? Yeah. So I was about to get to that. Oh, yeah. um, housing was rough. So I w- luckily, I had a friend from New York who's there right now, too, who's on, who's on New Amsterdam now. But um, he was there first and he told me how it was. He was like, look, it's not the best, but it's a stepping stone. I mm. suggest you come out. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I understand. You have to grind. So I went there. I got there. It was just like, first of all, it's like northern Sweden. So it's like freezing. You don't mm. see the sun for the winter. Snow all day, every day. You're not, <laughs> you don't walk on concrete when you're outside. Yeah. You're walking on snow the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was a small three-bedroom. And I think throughout my whole stay there, there was between seven to nine people in that three-bedroom. Love that. The whole time uh-huh. I was there. And they prov- they said, oh, you're only getting 300 a month. I was like, how am I supposed to live? Blah, blah, blah. Is that even enough? I know Sweden's expensive. Oh, but they provide food. Great. All right, cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. $300. And I can get by, you know, go out every weekend, $50. You know, I have a little money left over. Yeah. I get there. Their version of providing food was like, there's nine of us in the, in the house, let's say. They'd buy 10 tomatoes. For the week, it's like uh-huh. one tomato each. Like <laughs> they buy a bag of potatoes, like fifteen potatoes. What do we get? A, a half a potato and a half for the mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was. I remember we would get cold cuts, and we would literally count the cold cuts and split them up because we were so like it was such like a you know like a fight for food because all of us were like we didn't have much money. We we're all making shit money. Yeah. So we would take the cold cuts and I count my like five or six and I take them and I put them in like a little separate thing. And that, that was my cold cuts. No one touched me. Like <laughs> uh-huh. it, was, it was crazy. And I remember we had a fight because they would buy us like one big thing of chicken and uh-huh. we'd each get like three big chicken like uh, thighs or whatever it was, drumsticks. And I would take mine, separate them. Then one of them went missing. And there was a whole huge fight because I thought I was accusing this guy of stealing my chicken. <laughs> from, And it was just... It was just to illustrate how much of the struggle was, yeah. you know, like granted, I always had enough to eat, Yeah. but we would eat. There were, there was a day when I straight up ate a PB and J for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. It was, it was that bad. And not that I come from wealth and not that I come from a super poor background. I had never done that though. Mm-hmm. I never eaten PB and J like every single meal, like, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a bit of a shock, but I think it was good. Like you said, to just kind of be exposed to like, this is what it takes. Yeah. Did you, know? you, what was your mindset at the time where you're like, this is terrible. Or are you thinking, you know what? Like it really is a stepping stone. Like I'm fine with it. Like on yeah. the, like, so I'm playing, I'm right. getting paid at least. I mean, I honestly, there was a point where I was like, I was really down just because like I said, no sun. Yeah. We were, they made us run so much there. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted I was lucky because I was used to that because of college soccer, mm-hmm. but they made us run so much. Preseason was like two months long, just running, 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 running. And you know, like I said, no sun, it was snow everywhere. I didn't know anyone really. It was, it was, it was, it was a rough experience, but I think, like I said, I learned a lot from it. And eventually got to the point where I was playing. So that kind of helped a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and um, playing and just training every day. But we trained at night because yeah. a lot of those, it was like, the team was like this. Half the guys were like local guys who worked mm-hmm. and played at night. And a couple kids from the academy and half the kids, half the guys are foreigners. Yeah. Which was me one being one of them. So that's how the team was set up. But we trained at night. So it's like you had the whole day and mm-hmm. you didn't know what to do. We would just go to the gym or whatever. And, you know. They're big on saunas. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. in Sweden. Always. So yeah. I, we would just hit the pool right after the gym, <laughs> sauna, which was great. But um, it was just like, what would you do all day till nighttime? And um, I, I only ended up staying for three or four months, actually, because when I had the visa, my time passed where I didn't come in. Yeah. So I didn't know if I was going to get a visa or not. My, my 90 days was almost up because, you know, how you get like the 90 days. Mm-hmm. 
and basically they they hadn't communicated with me so i just like i was like you know what i'm not gonna stay here i want to leave like mm-hmm. i'm not happy here the club is we're like we're not doing well um i think i have better chances to go back home so uh after after about 90 days i ended up i bought my ticket just in case i was like i don't know i don't want to be illegal here and not be able to come back to europe whatever yeah and then i left i, I told him i was like, look i'm going back because my 90s are up like, oh, you could you should have spoken to us. We'll help you get a visa. I was like, well, it's too late. It's almost ninety days. Yeah, and they were super pissed at me. But my last game I played with them, I actually scored off a corner uh-huh. and then got sent and then got sent off. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> it was left with a bang. Huh? Yeah, yeah, left with a bang. So, but it was a good experience. Uh-huh. I think that really woke my eyes up to like, you know, like wow. Like, yeah. This is this, this is, is the like, reality of of pro yeah. soccer at some places. Exactly. And I met a lot of guys <laughs> from all over. All my roommates at that point were African from Nigeria, Ghana, Guinea-Bissau, all these countries in Africa. And I just realized how, like, their backgrounds, where they came from, and how much they would sacrifice too, and how happy mm-hmm. they were just to be, even at that level. Mm-hmm. You know, for them, it was like a step up. And, you know, I mean, it was good. It was a great experience for me as well. So it's just, it was a real eye-opener. Yeah. You know? like, no, I think I think those those experiences are, like, most players have, like, an experience like that. Exactly. Like, I was in Iceland. For two weeks, just for two oh, weeks, for trial, okay. yeah, for a trial, and I was in February when the the sun would come up at eleven and set at three thirty. You know, same thing, and it's tough. You feel so depressed. Yeah, exactly. I didn't like, want to use that word, but I was yeah. like borderline there. It's borderline, exactly. Yeah. And I was only there for two weeks, and I felt it already. Yeah. And and same thing, walking on the ice and everything, yeah. training at night. Germany, we trained at night too because most guys. What was it? Second? Uh, third in Iceland? Yeah, second, second division. Second? Yeah, Throtter. Throtter is right in Reykjavik. Uh, but then Germany, like the same thing, train at night. We only had, I think I was the only guy on the team who was just there for for football. Everybody really? else was either a student, like a teacher, we had uh, policemen, like everything. So you were the only international? Yeah. Like foreigner? Yeah. I was the only international guy. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it was like, it was a uh, Verbands League, like a sixth division. And right. then, cause I was, I was going to be there with the fourth team, like fourth division team, Regional Liga. Uh-huh. And at that level, it's more like right, you so, have like yeah. pros there. Yeah. Um, even though technically it's not, professional but you still have guys there it's a decent level it's a good level it it is um but i was with a team there and then they were offering me the contract everything like my first contract uh they said 1500 euros a month and housing so i was like i was great first contract yeah i was pumped and that was after a year of sacramento republic living Mm -hmm. on a mattress my friends apart like in the kitchen flipping it up you know yeah yeah. like grinding cereal for dinner and stuff because they would just give me enough money for expenses. This was in the sixth division. Yeah. So offering oh no, no, that was fourth division. That was fourth, fourth okay, division. Was but then they backed out last minute, and oh, they yeah. said, "Sorry, like our sponsor backed out. We can't give it to you, but we can give you the sixth division team to finish out this season, mm-hmm. and they'll come with us. Same contract for next season. Right. And then sixth division was like five hundred euros a month, and mm-hmm. I lived in this guy's attic pretty much. Yeah. And grinded it out, but like still is a decent setup. Still. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, so that I had that that grind and like counting, like making sure your bank account, you have enough money for the groceries and a gym membership and Rough. stuff. It's, it's bad. Right. And then the same thing in like uh, other places like in PDL when you have like the two bedroom apartment with 11 guys, yeah, yeah. mattresses everywhere. Yeah. Everybody goes through something like that. But yeah. like it, it really, I think it weeds out people that are not serious about it. Because no. if you're not 100% like passionate about it, yeah. one day of that and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. It's not worth it. Like, there's no shot I'm dealing with this. Yeah. Why well, deal with it when I when yeah. I have a degree and I can go do anything exactly. else? Exactly. Um, so after Sweden, you left you were there for 90 days and then you didn't want to become like yeah. illegal illegally right. there. You left and went back home to New York. Mm-hmm. And then what was we're now we're probably in like what, May, May March? Yeah. May, May. And then what'd you do then? Yeah. So I went <clears throat> that was May. But then I was What like, year right. is this? 
This is 2018. 2018? 2018. Okay. So I'm 23. Uh-huh. 23. Yeah, I'm 23. Just turned 23. And I'm like, all right, I'll play PDL just to stay in shape. PDL was starting. Mm-hmm. I knew I played with this team every year that I played with. And I ended up playing with them. Again, we didn't have a great year, but whatever. You know, I was playing. And then they had a thing where they go to Italy and they send some kids over and, you know, sometimes they try and get guys on teams. I was like, all right, you know, I'll go with you. Why not? Like, you know, we'll we'll try and place you in team after the PDL season. Yeah. So I went and they're from Sicily. So I went there, scrimmaged a couple of Sicilian teams. We played a Palermo, Mm -hmm. U23s, like, you know, played a bunch of local teams. And um, essentially it was just like, you're you're either like there, they're like, either you're too old or you don't have Italian citizenship yet because I hadn't had it yet. Oh, I got it like 2019, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're either too old because I'm like 23 to them is like, yeah, if you're not, if you're, even, not, you're not ready for first team, we can't even throw you in the U23s. Yeah, because our U23s, most of them are like 19, yeah, 20. You know, it's like it doesn't make sense to them, right? At least that's the thinking in Italy, and I'm pretty sure most of Europe, right? Ger- yeah. Germany was like, you're 22. What are yeah. you doing over here? Yeah, it's what I'm saying. Sixth division in Germany, 22. Like yeah. it, you're trying to be pro. It's like be realistic, right? Yeah, like, exactly. That's basically what they tell you, mm-hmm. either one way or not. So I went to Italy. Didn't work out exactly. I had interest from a fifth division team and a fourth city did, if I'm not mistaken, fourth uh-huh. or fifth team. But they're like, oh, you need your passport. Like, we, we, they only got, I think the rules, they only had three internationals mm-hmm. that weren't EU. And I was like, you know, it was hard for me to get that. Um, so then I went, then I ended up going to Germany mm-hmm. through the same guy who sent me to Sweden. Okay. To a team called uh, Tus Hordel. Hordel, which is near, uh, it's near, in between Dortmund, it's near Dortmund. And what's the other big city that's near Dortmund? I'm bad at that. It's Western Germany, near Amsterdam. Uh, I don't know if Western it's Germany. Dortmund and Dusseldorf. I think Dusseldorf. it's near Dusseldorf. Okay. Okay. And I went there on trial for two weeks with another friend of mine, with a kid I had known who was sent through the agency as well. And literally what you just said, we were living in an attic yeah. of, a, of, of, of their like clubhouse. <laughs> like, uh-huh. It was hilarious. And I was there on trial for two weeks. They wanted to sign me. I was going to sign them, sign with them. Sixth division, it was going to be shit money, yeah. shit living conditions. But I was in the same boat as you. I was like, I just need to be playing somewhere, whatever, start somewhere. And then something went through where it was just like, I played my last PDL team game with an American team past June 30th is like some cutoff for the German league, mm-hmm. sixth division, whatever it was. They couldn't sign me for some reason uh-huh. as an American. And I didn't have my European passport at that time. So I had to come back. And when I came back, that's when I was like, right, I'm done. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's a sign. Like I was going to sign with it. Something, some bullshit rule. I couldn't get signed. Yeah. And that's when I was like, I was literally hitting up friends like, yo, like, you're doing this marketing job, bro. Can you like talk to your talk to your boss? He was like, "Yeah, man, 60k plus commission." I was like, "60k plus commission? <laughs> sign me up!" Like <laughs> last year, I was making five, yeah, five like, grand. Like, yeah, like I was like, "All right, sign." They'll like talk to him, you know. Like I mm. almost went like to try and do an interview and everything. Then I just really thought about it, and I was like, "Nah, man, I'm not done with this. I yeah. can't be done with this." You know, like I got the rest of my life to just call cold call people and sell them programs and stuff like mm-hmm. computer. I can do that for the rest of my life. You know, like that's not going anywhere. But soccer, like the window's closing. I gotta, you know, pursue it as much as I can. Yeah. So this is this is in like the summer of twenty eighteen. And then going into the fall, I remember waking up every day super anxious, like seeing all these signings on USL teams. USL League One was gonna start up in twenty nineteen. It's like that's an opportunity for me, you know, if I can't get the championship. And I remember being anxious and waking up and just looking out for open tryouts. Mm-hmm. So I signed up for a couple. I won't name the teams, but I ended up going to one that was about 20 hours away from new york by car i didn't drive there i was i had a flight that was going to go right it was november that the open trial the flight got canceled because of a snowstorm in november which is like new york is still weird it's like it's still kind of early yeah 
I got the, I, this was Friday. The tryout was Saturday morning. I was going to fly out Friday night. My flight got canceled. I was like, I'm fucked. What do I do? I already paid. I don't get a refund. I took what we call in New York a Chinatown bus, uh-huh. which as you could tell is a super sketchy bus. It's cheap, like $20 <laughs> yeah. to the place, which was like 20 hours away. Uh-huh. Went overnight. Didn't sleep at all because there's literally people smoking on the bus. <laughs> smells like piss. Uh-huh. Like the driver smoking. <laughs> like he's a little Chinese guy like smoking yeah. while he's like driving the bus. Like super illegal, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, it was $20, so I couldn't complain. I arrived in the state, the city where the tryout was at 8. Got to my hotel at 8.30. Registration was 9. Training started at 9.30. Oh, my God. I pulled an all-nighter unintentionally because I couldn't sleep on the bus. Yeah. It was like a pretty ratchet bus. People were smoking. Mm-hmm. smelled like straight piss. And I got there with no sleep. I just like popped like three caffeine pills. And I was just <laughs> like, I'm ready to go because I don't drink coffee. Yeah. I was like, I'm ready to go. Surprisingly, did well. Got called back for the second day. But I was dead. Like, I was dead. I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I was on a bus. Did another day there. Second On the second day, I was there back. Did well as well, but they didn't They didn't, they didn't. end up calling me back. But um, I was just going to trials. I went to try out um, another USL team, which I did well. I got called back. But then I got a contract offer from Chattanooga. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm not going to go to, like, a com- uh, invite-only combine when I have a contract already offered. Yeah. <clears throat> a short story, basically, Chattanooga got offered through a contact of mine from New York uh-huh. when I played against them in a men's league game. Okay. So, <laughs> so basically this was the fall of 2018 when I was going to these open tryouts, yeah. you know, when open tryouts are, and I was playing for a men's team just to stay fit. And we played against this men's team who had a former pro who mm-hmm. um, sent me to China. His name is Jonathan Barajo. I'm not sure if you played with him. He played in Miami FC. Uh-huh. He's older. Now. He's like 32, but um, he played Cosmos. I played against them a couple of times and he did really well. Mm-hmm. Chattanooga hit him up to sign him. And they're like, yo, they have a lot of money. They offer me a good contract. They're joining league one next year. Are you interested? I was like, yeah, he put in a word with me and they just offered me a contract off the bat. Wow. But he wasn't willing to put in a word for me until he like, he, cause he had already trained with me. Yeah. And then once I played against them in a, I guess in a real game, like a men's league game with yeah. referees and everything. And I played really well. He's like, all right, you know, like he's the real deal. Like sign him. I'll give him, I'll put my word wow. on the line for him. Cause you know, if I come down shit, Mm-hmm. Like I'm never listening to you again. This exactly. video was terrible. Why would you? I'm not. Don't send me any players ever again. Yeah, it just shows you that you never know who's watching your yeah. game. That's crazy. A men's league game. That's crazy. Could have been my like unofficial tryout. Mm-hmm. And and at that point in the men's league game when you're playing there, like you weren't thinking like, oh, if I impress this guy, yeah. I'm going to get a chat. I wasn't thinking that at all. You're just like, I'm just going to play. Yeah. I mean, but you did well in yeah. that moment. To be fair, a lot of those games I took seriously just because um, I knew I was like, if I can't stick out in a men's league game, yeah. How would I have any chance playing anywhere yeah. else? You add the pressure, but that's yeah. all like that. That was in, internal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Intrinsic motivation because you're like, it's all like, I don't want everybody else being like, oh, this guy's trying to go pro, pl- play pro, and he's yeah. over here worst player on the field yeah, in this exactly. men's league field. Yeah. Like I, I feel that 100. percent I definitely didn't have that mindset though. Like, oh, he's coming to the game. Yeah, I'm gonna be playing him. I gotta impress him. You know. Yeah. So it was just a, a, a you were just competitive and you exactly. just wanted to show that. That's crazy. And then literally, so like I got I literally went on buses overnight to tryouts uh-huh. with no sleep. I paid for flights to tryouts. I didn't end up going because Chattanooga offered me a contract. Mm-hmm. And then like I tried everything and little do I know it's just literally some guy makes a phone call. Yeah. And then I get my email contract offer. That's always how it works though. Standard like, USL like, contract. I, I see was just like what? I see yeah. I'm just like, you're kidding me. Yeah. And was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's a good, I mean, USL league one Chattanooga, that's a good yeah. to go from where you were, yeah, what you like, were doing. I was, I was buzzing. I was mm-hmm. like, this is great. You know, that's amazing. Um, yeah, no, that's so funny because like, I see so many similarities between how I got to orange County my first year too. Cause it was like bouncing around 
terror, like all this stuff, tra- practice player at Sacramento Republic, trials in Iceland, Trying going open right? tryouts, yeah. got invited to Vancouver Whitecaps too with an open tryout, mm-hmm. two days in preseason, they cut me, yeah. like, nope, sorry, just bouncing around, doing the same thing, looking at jobs, making 60K a year, and you're like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it could be. And then you think yeah. about it more and you're like, no, behind the desk. Absolutely not. I'll do that yeah. later. Yeah. And then all that stuff. But that's insane. And then uh, and then, yeah. And like I got Orange County because like I was all set to go back to Germany. Mm-hmm. But then a random uh, teammate of mine who I played with at Sacramento Republic when I was just training with him, they needed to write back. And we're like, he just hit me up and said, hey, contract's pretty much waiting for you. Come over so here. Try out. Was he a coach or a player? Player. So your, your friend who was a player got your tryout. Yeah. At Orange County. Cause they just needed a right back and he knew me. He knew I was a right back. He's like, yeah, he works hard. He's a good player. Uh-huh. And he, and he actually told me I was the second choice. The first choice was already under contract. Uh-huh. He goes, okay, well I know another right back. He's over in Germany right now. Let me see. He hit me up literally in the two weeks between when I was out of contract between the Verbans league team and, and about to head back to regional league team. Right. And he literally hit me up in those two weeks. He's like, Hey, are you out of contract? I'm like, out of I, the blue, like out of the blue. Been he DM'd me. I haven't talked. I literally, I was friends with him on Instagram. And we followed each other, but like I had not talked to him since I said goodbye at Sacramento Republic two years ago. And he was just thinking of you randomly. Yeah. And he just hit me up. And then that's literally how it started my US career. Went on trial. Went on trial. But the first day, I mean, he literally talked me up. They really needed to write back. So I went in there. And as long as I didn't like shit the bed, I would get the contract. And it was funny to me because it's like I worked so hard doing so many other outlets trying to get into the USL. And the way I got in just seemed so easy, you know? Like, even though I'd worked so hard for it, but it, it just the way it didn't see, it didn't work out how I thought it was going to work yeah. out. I thought I was going to go to a trial and be invited in preseason right. and all this stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden just w- w- random Ivan Mirkovich hits me up and yeah. says, come on in. That's what my goal was too. You'd be like, people would tell me like, Leo, you know, open trials are ripoffs. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know. But like, if I can just get invited to preseason, yeah. like, give me a week at least, mm-hmm. you know, I can show my worth. And like you said, you thinking, okay, open trial, then like select trial, then preseason. Yeah. And then you get a contract. Right. But then it's just like someone makes a phone call and boom, like that. Mm-hmm. Does he ever give you shit and be like, yo, you're the reason? Like, I'm the reason. Yeah, why. all the time. I would yeah. do it too. <laughs> all the time. And, you know, it's funny is he's the person who also talked to Mike to bring me in here in really? 2018 for for a trial. Wow, this guy might so, as well be your agent. I now. talk to him all the time. He's he, the he, reason. He should start an agency, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I get He should be. I just want to tell him he should be. He scouts players all the time. Super smart. Good. Was, like, a, was a really good player. Now he's a coach. Yeah, he's. He's the reason why I, my USL career is it's just crazy. I mean, mm. I, it's crazy. Like it's literally like the similarities. Like yeah, you're like out here trying every avenue you can, and then little do you know, it's just like the easiest way. And then people see it and they're like they ask you, and you're like, oh yeah, like so and so just made a phone call. And like mm. oh, you're so lucky, man. Yeah. Like, can you do that for me? I was just like, man, honestly, it's not what it looks like. like yeah. I didn't just. But like, I always think too. He wouldn't have hit me up if I wasn't out there grinding, doing everything. Because exactly. it's like you, it's like you even see players that are not giving up, right. persevering, going out to different trials. Like that would be a player, especially if you train with them and you think they're a good player. Right. That's a player you'd recommend. Right. But if they're like doing nothing, just waiting right. at home, you're not going to hit them up right. and be like, yeah, this guy, you know, I'm going to invite him in. Because put yourself in his position. Like, who would you be willing to risk your word for? Yeah. It's not going to be like, like that guy, you know, just playing video games and has a bad attitude, doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that guy that left an impression on you because like, he was working hard. You know, he's about it. You know, he's trying, you mm-hmm. know, a hundred percent. It's, it's so funny though. It's crazy. Yeah. I, that's why like, I think too, when there's so many people like, Oh, I got this contact, this contact, I couldn't talk to this person for you. I'm always like, yeah, for sure. Like always. treat it like it's real. Yeah. Like treat it like it's always going to work out. 99% of the time it's never going to work out. Yeah. They'll, you'll lose contact with him, but the, all it takes is that one it person hurt either. Right. Yeah. You know, I, when I got to New Zealand too, 
how I got to New Zealand because I that when in that 2018 year when I was injured and couldn't find a contract, I had this random guy email me, like from New on Zealand. yeah from New Zealand, and I this was on like my YouTube G, like Gmail account, right. and like I, I respond to you know as many as I can, but not all of them. I got this one email like, hey, have you ever thought about coming to New Zealand? And literally that email could have been just like, yeah, well, you should think about it, you know? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I would love to. You know, I followed up. I sent him the email. Love to. But obviously, you know, it's more it's more complicated than that. I need a connection. And then he shoots me the next email. And it's like, well, I know this manager of this club down here. It's not going to be fully professional, but you can get games in and play. And I was right. like, yeah, I mean, if he's interested, here's my number, right. all the stuff. Here's what my contact. Was, like USL had already started? Or? Yeah, this is like March now. Oh, so USL, the season's already like. Season's already kicked off. Done, yeah. My agent had dropped me at that point. Well, like, that's the worst. And then you're that's literally, the and then you said about the anxiety too. You're seeing everybody sign preseason. Like, I had to everyone, unfollow it. Yeah, I couldn't look at it. it. Like you get this feeling. You're just like anxious. You're mm. like, I got to do something. You like, feel like such a loser. Yeah. You feel like such a deadbeat. Yeah. Like you're on the couch watching like TV. Yeah. Everybody's signing. You're seeing the preseason like yeah. training sessions. Yeah. And, like, and then, and then so all of a sudden like the same thing the next day, the coach from that club like hits me up and calls me yeah. and says, yeah, be interested in signing you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well I'm injured right now. Yeah. Like you still interested? He's like, yeah. You know, like that's how I ended up though, a random email like that. That's and crazy. I get like hundreds of those and most are like, yeah, well, well you should think you, about it. He contacted you through the YouTube channel or like, was it through so on my, media? like on my YouTube channel, like even in the description of this, this video, like I have just my email, like wow. if anybody wants to reach out for questions or like right, right. something and, and that guy just hit me up, said, you should think about coming down to New Zealand. And it just led to a contract down there. Crazy. Yeah. Insane. Out of nowhere, out of the blue. Out right? of nothing. And like, I almost didn't respond to it because yeah. I get so many of those like, hey, you should come think yeah. about playing for, you know, uh, like over here in India. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, it's this okay. Is after you had already done the seasons in USL, right? Mm -hmm. So do you remember the exact place you were when your boy hit you up over whatever DM to invite you to, to try out? Yeah. I remember the place where I got the phone call from the season. Where like, were you? I was in Trader Joe's <laughs> shopping and I was like, Karen match. I just dropped everything. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, skip me online. Like mm -hmm. just cause like those moments are so clear. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the, an Airbnb in Italy cause my family had just came over cause I had that two weeks between the seasons. Right, right. So my family came over and we we're in Italy. Um, it's kind of vacation a little on bit. vacation. Yeah. yeah. And he hit me up and then like, I was, it was like day four or something. And we had a two week plan thing. Mimi was about to fly out and join us. We we're going to do a full like Italian vacation, mm -hmm. like amazing. And then I just said, okay, I'm flying to Orange County tomorrow. See you guys. Like I haven't seen them in a year. And I'm like, all right, give him a hug and left. My mom was like crying. Did you doubt it at first though? When he hit you up where you're like, ah, oh, this guy can't be serious. Like I knew him and he was like, he, you had, know, he had that much pull on the team though. Like he can get, yeah. You. Like Ivan, he's like everywhere he goes, he's always super close with the coach. Like almost like a he was he's been like a almost a type of player coach since he was like 25 with sacramento always That's in that crazy. kind of role so i like believed it knew it right and then uh the head coach emailed me and, and you're like okay i was like yeah this is serious Real so deal. i flew out there and my german my the team in the regionale goes like well what are you doing i'm yeah. like well i, I told them like signed yet uh, uh i was like well send me a contract right now and you know we can talk and they're like oh well but you watched it coming you know they were like delaying Ooh, so then i was yeah. like okay if you're not willing to send me a contract now i'm going to i'm gonna go go to orange county that's funny trader joe's huh yeah i just dropped my shit and i was like oh hello like, I was like <laughs> it has to be him like you know it was a foreign mm -hmm. number it was whatsapp i was like oh god you know then like just like that i signed with chattanooga it was mm -hmm. it was crazy and do you consider that your first pro contract or you consider Sweden? That's like, the thing. Some I, people like, I don't know. Cause like Sweden wasn't technically pro, but it was my first pro experience in that yeah. I was there as a pro. Yeah. I was there only playing soccer. I was making money off of that. So 
to me, I, I guess I count Sweden just um, Brazil. Uh, Brazil. What am I saying? I count Chattanooga just because I was there for the whole year, and Sweden I was only for three, yeah, three four months. So just for me, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm in. Like, I always do the same thing. Like I'm like, well, really if matter, you count like, Germany, yeah. I count Germany. If you count that, like I don't know. Yeah. Same thing in New Zealand. Do like, do I count that as a as a year yeah. playing pro, even though it wasn't a professional? But you were there as a pro technically in the sense that you were there for soccer. You yeah. weren't there to like. And that contract in New Zealand was better than some of my USL contracts. Really? Yeah, it was good. Wow. But it's funny because I. I yeah, it was, it was, they treat it so like it's amateur, but it's not it's that not. it's so weird how they do it there. Like it, they just keep it so like under wraps. Like what city were you in? Uh, Wellington, beautiful city. Beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. City. When do they play? Like what's their season? So like? they have two seasons over our summer. So from, from March, pretty much all the way through August is one season. That's their winter league. Cause it's, it's reversed. Like first, right? So it's their winter league. And that's technically like the lower like league they even though i played in the top division of winter league it's technically the second division okay and that and then they have a summer league which is where they have their real first division and that goes from like august through march the mm-hmm. other six months of the year okay and that's where they have like their isps uh isps honda premiership mm-hmm. and that's like their nationally televised like right. league but that's where they but still even then they still consider that semi-pro there really? even though there's like you're be making three thousand dollars a month and it's nationally televised and everything yeah i mean it's a small nationally televised in new zealand small yeah but uh but yeah yeah, and i mean they only really consider the pro team to be wellington phoenix which plays in the a league in australia right 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 yeah but it's really weird so i played in the winter league which was the second division Mm -hmm. but in like decent contract even though it was considered better than some usl better than some usl contracts so i always say like if you if you got anybody is like in a a year like that go to new zealand or australia level level's good there's yeah. good players there i mean it's, it's kind of like what you expect where you have some academy players 16 17 some younger players you have some 30 year olds that are right. have played pro elsewhere but you have a lot of players uh that are playing at a high level that you know could be playing usl that are right. there right yeah they're so. right on that like kind of cusp just mm-hmm. right. but the 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 gap between the top like three teams and then the bottom teams is, is massive is huge yeah i feel like that's that's a thing yeah, yeah. everywhere yeah, yeah. it's very very common yeah. but i liked it i mean living in new zealand was, was I, pretty I, cool I bet living there was nice yeah was and i live i was with the host family and loved oh, really? the host family did like the a, club set that up or did you set that up so the the manager of the club like we had three foreigners on the team uh-huh. and the three foreigners all lived with the host family and okay. one host family was like the assistant coach right and right. so it was just him and his wife so he lived with him and his wife another was just a random family that had like kids in the, the youth club mm-hmm. so they just wanted to host a player and then my guy was like the general manager of the club mm-hmm. and he was the one who i was like talking to about the contract he was right. like yeah you're just gonna live with me and my family such sweet and it was an amazing family three boys i still talk uh talking to his son like his son is now playing d1 in south carolina really yeah and so it's just it's just funny like crazy like connected everything's connected it's amazing soccer world is small Mm -hmm. so you got the call on trader joe's you signed the contract yep first real pro pro contract um and this was in what month was that this was this was I want to say December. December. Okay, yeah, so December. that's like decent in, yeah, in the off season. Season start in February. Yeah. Uh huh. And this is right before 2019 season. Right before 2019. Yeah. Okay. And then so how did going into preseason with Chattanooga and how did that that first year go? I was really nervous. I mean, <clears throat> when I got there, our first year Chattanooga had a big budget and they were just signing guys with a lot of experience. Like Tony was one of them. Yeah. The other guy who played MLS. We had a couple guys who played MLS. A lot of experience on the team. They had a big budget. Some guys were on pretty good money for a League One team, especially. Mm-hmm. So I got there and I was like, my first couple months, I was like quiet, didn't talk much, like just 
went to train, did my thing, you know, and yeah. Um, I didn't want to like, you know, I knew my place. Like I had no experience. These guys all have experience. There's like two other kids my age who didn't, who never, who never played pro either. Yeah. So I, was like, I know my, I'm in, I know my spot. I'm going to just, you know, be first in the Rondo, you know, start in the middle, like yep. whatever, like, I know. which is nice compared to, you yeah. know, some of the guys here. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what they're, <laughs> yeah, what they, what they, but that's, that's, I feel like the way you should be, you come in yeah. humble and you work hard. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And all the preseason, I was on the bench. Uh, the first game of the season, I was on the bench. The coach had brought in some center backs that he knew. One was from Atlanta, too, and one was from a team he previously coached. And um, I was on the bench for most of, for the all of preseason. In the first game, we played North Texas. We lost 3-2. Mm -hmm. Put me in after that. I put my debut versus Madison, Ford Madison. Mm -hmm. They had like four guys on loan from MLS. Yeah. Mason Toy being one of them. I don't know if you're familiar. He's yeah. from uh, like Minnesota or whatever now. Mm -hmm. um, and I did really well. We won 1-0. Clean sheet, my first debut pro game. Loved it at home. Mm -hmm. And then I I just got, kept building in confidence and I did really well. And then seven games in, I got a streak of seven games or eight games. Then I got injured. I tore my PCL versus Madison the second time at home. Went up for a header, landed on like a twist. Yeah. Torn PCL. Uh, athletic trainer misdiagnosed it, told, told me it was my IT band. Mm -hmm. Took me like a couple weeks to get an MRI, which we were just talking about. And I was out for about two to three weeks. Granted, I didn't have to get surgery, mm -hmm. so it was a grade two tear instead of grade three. Uh -huh. So I didn't have to. I didn't have to operate. I could have, but he said it wouldn't have made sense. Yeah, just did rehab. They kind of forced me back into getting into it. So I started. This was in May. I got injured. I came back in August. Okay. I don't think I was ready, but the opp the opportunity was like, "Yo, we need a center back. Our center back's injured. Mm -hmm. You know, we need. Are you, you can't, ready? You can't say no." And I was no. just like, "I'm not ready, but I'm ready. Like, yeah. I'll just put me in. Like, I need to play because I might have not got another opportunity to play. Mm -hmm. You know." If they start winning or if the center backs start doing really well, they're not going to change it. So I played first game back, came back versus North Texas, the league leaders. We won one zero clean sheet, mm -hmm. you know, did well. So another good start, another good comeback. Yeah. Then I started getting problems. Like my hamstring started. I wasn't fit. Yeah. I had problems in my hamstring, my calf. Like I pulled, you know, like just little things that were adding up because I was injured. And I wasn't fully fit. And, um, I, my, my performance is kind of swayed up and down a little bit. I played another seven or eight games that seat. After my injury, so I played about 15, 16 games mm -hmm. um, for my rookie year, which I thought was pretty good. Granted, I got injured, but um, then they um, <coughs> picked up my option with 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, Corona hit. And same thing with 2020. I was on the bench for most of, this, for most of the beginning of the season. Bench the first game of the season. Mm -hmm. And then the coach put me in the second game of the season because we tied 2-2. And I played. We won 1-0 clean sheet, and I got team of the week. Wow. <laughs> and, and yeah. And it worked out and I was just like, all right. And then from then on out, he didn't really take me out. Cause I, I play, I just kept playing so well that he couldn't. Yeah. Know. So like all three times that you had the opportunity, it's like taken yeah. advantage of. And it's like a lot of pressure. Cause you, I tell myself and it's kind of the reality. It's like, if you play bad or if you mess up or whatever, you might not see the field again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the reality of yeah. it. Especially if the coach doesn't like you or mm -hmm. not doesn't like you. He just doesn't trust you or doesn't mm -hmm. rate you yet. And young players too. It's exactly. they're, they're looking for any mistake. Exactly. Ready to pull you out. Like, exactly. oh, he wasn't ready. Exactly. Yeah. And I was in my head, I put myself in that pressure, which I don't know if it works or not, but I'm like, this is it. Like, yeah. if you don't play good, like. I think it works. I, I, I'm, like, I'm like put on, like yeah. pressure's good for that. Yeah. It makes you thrive. Like you yeah. have to rise up yeah. to it. Cause like, it's a reality though. Like, yeah. like we said, especially if you're younger or, or the coach doesn't trust you yet or you're newer, it's like, he, he's looking for an excuse to pull you out. Like yeah. you said, it's like, if you make, Boom! You're not. You might not see the season. You mm -hmm. might not see the game, but the, the field again. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. Like when you're coming back, you're not 100 percent ready. It's like what you said. 
if I don't take advantage of this, even if I'm not 100% ready, if I say, oh, I need two more weeks, they'll bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. They they have they take advantage of that opportunity. They do well. Yeah. And then, like you said, they're going to be the ones on the field for the whole time. Exactly. So you have to just be like, yeah. yes, I'm ready. And then you have to perform. You have to do well. It's crazy. Like yeah. a lot of people don't realize, I think especially younger kids don't realize how at the pro level, the competition between players from the the bottom player to the top player is so there's so much competition and all it takes is a good streak mm-hmm. and you're in. And if exactly. you don't take advantage of that little time you have on the field or whatever, then it it's, be, it's tough. Like, yeah. And the reason why I got that call in 2019, like, are you ready after I was injured? It's because the center back they brought in on loan because we were, were running thin on center backs. Yeah. Caught a concussion. Wow. So yeah. he was only, he was there on loan to play. Like he was going to play. That's mm-hmm. why they brought him in on loan. Right. Yeah. Concussion. Didn't have a center back. They were thinking about playing someone out of position, mm-hmm. but they're like, Leo, are you ready? And they're like, kind of like we're fit on the fence. I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, put me mm-hmm. in, put me in. Like, I didn't even though knowing I wasn't like really there yet. You know? Yeah. But like you said, I had, I had no choice. Yeah, you had no choice. I didn't really have a choice. Yeah. You, you had know? no choice. How was uh, your debut as a, like at the pro level? I mean, Chattanooga has a good like fan base. They do. So the team that's in Nisa now was MPSL before. Yeah. They were Chattanooga FC, CFC. Yeah. They have a huge fan base. But us and them, we kind of like, rubbed heads a little just because like Red Wolves in a sense were kind of like the rich guys who came through and just bought a team yeah. as opposed to Chattanooga Football Club which was like grassroots you know because mm-hmm. they've been around for a while but um, it was like 4,000 fans I think something like that for me which was like wow like mm-hmm. you know like it was in a high school stadium field so it was kind of shitty turf but like yeah. fireworks after the game like you know um, it was it was great honestly I loved it I loved yeah. it I mean good, a good debut where you perform shut out yeah in front of the fans oh yeah fireworks after I mean it's a good oh, I walked into the the recovery session the next day like you know like <laughs> <laughs> like yeah told you guys so like, <laughs> that's awesome yeah because like, I told you I was real quiet but I still I was still quiet and stuff but like and humble but um I just remember in my head I was like that feeling was like I just remember sitting in bed like I couldn't sleep yeah so much adrenaline <laughs> yeah like, it was three a.m I still couldn't sleep like. Mm. I always have to pop yeah. melatonin after the games. Yeah. Like oh, always, always because the adrenaline pumping. A lot of the guys went out and I was just like, nah, I'm going to go home and just soak this up for a bit, mm-hmm. you know? That's awesome. Yeah. It was and, a good feeling though. And then uh, second year, like how much did it change? Like when you came back for your second year that now you're not a rookie anymore. It's not your first year. Yeah. Like, did you feel a little bit more comfortable on the field and playing like in the team atmosphere and everything? How yeah. was that compared to the first year? For sure. The second year was different because we had a new coach. Oh, yeah. And, oh. And if I'm being honest, the coach didn't rate me. He didn't want me there. Uh-huh. He, so at the end of the year meeting, he told me, he's like, at first, I really didn't want you here. The club just kept you here because, I, I mean, I was on a cheap option. Mm-hmm. It's like, why not? You know, I had done well for a good part of the year. I had some bad games after my injury. wasn't ready. But before that, they saw, you know, I was good before my injury and I was doing really well. And um, I came in, but off the bat, he put me on the bench mm-hmm. before I had even played in front of him. So he yeah. was judging me from last year. He was like, no, I don't want him. And I was kind of stuck with him. He's like, he felt like he was stuck with me by the club and the owner. Um, but um, it was, I had an expectation for myself. I was like, I got to stick out more. You know, I got to play better. I got to be more consistent. <coughs> mm-hmm. So it was rough to be on the bench right away off the first day of preseason. He made us play 11 v 11 at the end. And I was on the, I was on the reserve team. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he hasn't even seen me play mm-hmm. like in person. Yeah. But I think that, that I think playing with her for him and having him be really like on top of my shit like that and, Knowing that I had to prove myself really helped me as a player. Mm-hmm. And um, I think going into my second year, just knowing, all right, the pressure's a little bit off. It's not my first pro year. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of experience, you know? Yeah. And from there, you just keep building, building, and building, you know? Mm-hmm. That's good. And then it was just a weird year because of COVID. So Yeah, COVID was. It really made it weird, so. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> yeah. How, uh, during the the main lockdown and everything, how was, uh, 
How was that for you? Like, what was your living situation? Do you have like your own room or did you have roommates? First year we had a stipend and we had a nice little, nice complex, you know, gym, pool, Uh three roommates. Second year, they put us in the house, little, not the nicest house, but it was fine. It was all right. I got by. How many guys were in the house? Three. Uh Uh-huh. One, two. We each had our own room. You know, it was not bad. Two bedrooms, three bedrooms, two bathrooms. Better than Sweden's. Yes, (laughs) for sure. But, um... Yeah, for, actually, for lockdown, the house was clutch because we would just kick around in the backyard. Yeah, that's nice. Because you play same household. Yeah. That, that's good. Yeah. We made a driveway, so I would just kick the ball against the wall and mm-hmm. practice and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like in an apartment that would have sucked. Mm-hmm. And like in my and like in quarantine, I didn't. I wasn't actually quarantined because I could walk walk around my backyard, mm-hmm. get fresh air. You know, walk around my neighborhood as opposed to maybe if I was in like a downtown area where everything was really shut down. Yeah, that's good then. Got yeah, nice setup. Good. Soccer tennis was like everyday thing. Soccer tennis, yeah, because yeah, we all lived in the neighborhood and the houses. So guys would come over, we'd get like a bed and just play soccer tennis. Yeah. 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 I would, uh, I was in like the living by Titan when okay. during the lockdown. So I was just by myself pretty much there. Like Sip lived there too with his family. But, um, so I was just there, but then I would always drive over to the, where the guys lived last year, which is like pretty far, kind of like we'll almost pass where the, where Danny lives past the Walmart, really? pretty deep, like deep out there. And I would always drive out there because they had tennis courts. So we'd always go and play soccer and tennis oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Soccer tennis was you need to have it. Yeah. Savior. Yeah, it was. It really, we played so much. And then the guys would play normal tennis and everything too, but you needed it. Um, yeah, that's good. Out, yeah. yeah. Um, and then so that pretty much, how did how did you get from Chattanooga then? Because then even though you played the whole games, were you ready to leave? Were you wanting to come back? Or um, So my I, had, I was on a one-year, one plus one. Yeah. Right? One year with an option. And then I was a free agent. I had no more options. Um, and then they, they hit me up like the general manager of Chattanooga hit me up maybe two months before the season ended. He was like, listen, we want you to come back. Let's start discussing. You know? uh-huh. And then at that point I had an agent, which is actually a lot of the guys on the team had the same agent. Is it Mari? Yeah. Amari? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the guys, you know, Sean and all the Brazilians. Yeah. Um, so I talked to him. So he put him. It's all the guys that can speak Portuguese and, and Sean. Sean. <laughs> I still, to this day, like, I'm like, Sean, how did that happen? Like, yeah. You're the most American <laughs> Like, I can't think of anyone more American, and you ended up with him. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, man, it just happened. I was like, all right. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. But um, then uh, I was, yeah, they, Chattanooga offered me, but I wasn't really trying to stay. Mm-hmm. Even if I was to stay in the Eagle one, I probably wouldn't have wanted to stay there, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, And, yeah, then Amari just, you know, Tulsa came knocking my way early. And I was like, and with Corona and everything, you like, you never knew. You like, yeah. like any offer you got, you almost were like, like, I kind of have to act on it. Right. Cause I know a lot of teams held out for a while because mm-hmm. they didn't know when the season was going to start, what their budget was going to be. Maybe like, you know, so as soon as a couple of months after the season, you know, Mari called me my agent and boom, that was it. Yeah. I always think too, like uh, Jerome was saying this about a ton on his podcast, like your first offer is like your best offer usually. Mm-hmm. So like the first team that reaches out to you yeah. and shows interest is usually yeah. going to be the one that you should go with because right. that's, you know, why wait and try to convince somebody else that you want to, like yeah. they want you versus yeah. if you have a team right now that wants yeah. you. Especially if they reached out first. And mm-hmm. really so when did you sign with, when did you end up signing the contract? It was like November? December. December. Early December, like first week. That's good. And I was like, that's the best. Yeah. You know, signing a contract early, knowing where you're going to be, just put your head in like, yeah. you're not in like January, like I got to see a shit offer. Yeah. Whatever comes my way, I got it. You know, like. And the same thing what we talked about on Instagram, seeing people signed. Oh, yeah. Because that's the worst, yeah. too. Like, it's it's so bad because, like, you see your friends and your other teammates signing. And you're like, awesome, pump for them. Yeah. But also, at the same time, it's more pressure. I should be signing. Exactly. Like, especially yeah. if you hadn't already signed a contract. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, damn, this is like, this is rough. Like, I got to get that anxiety and everything, man. Yeah. 
because that's that's what's hard too. Where a lot of a lot of people don't realize that, especially at the USL level, when you're kind of like a journeyman, mm-hmm. like going around, it's always one plus one. It's always you know one year contracts, and it's not exactly. even a year contract. It's a nine month contract. Technically, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's always nine months at a time. And every single year, pretty much, you're either renegotiating, you're back to square one, back to like, okay, where am I going to go? Exactly. It's tough. Might move across the country. Yeah, might might move out of the country. Might move out of the country. It's Mm -hmm. it's crazy. And it's exciting at one hand, and I love it. But like, it's also so unstable wow. and you have to have this yeah. mindset of like go with the flow yeah be relaxed yeah you which know, is why i see let's, i feel like that's why you see a lot of guys once they hit kind of 30 maybe they have children they're like i can't keep doing this yeah it's got to make sense at that point i feel like you know mm-hmm. it has to make sense yeah if you got kids you can't be back and forth with your wife and kids yeah. it's just like changing school the money and- isn't enough where you can just be like you know living a lavish life and just going it's not you know yeah. it can't it's not yeah. so that's yeah, crazy and then uh how to talk about how like the the transition's been from coming into Tulsa and then from the last, like, I mean, cause we got here, has it been two, two months, months ago? Now, yeah, I think. Yeah, two months ago. Today's the 28th. Yeah. Yeah. It's been two months. <laughs> yeah. Two months. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I think coming in, you know, there was that, that like, I knew obviously the championship was a step up, but I want to know how much, like, is it, you know, wow. Or is it kind of, you know, it's a lot, a little mm-hmm. kind of just what I thought coming in, you know, I, I was, I worked the, the off season was super long. So I was doing a lot of training, you know, hitting the gym training, like, I had to stay in shape. I took maybe like a couple weeks off and mm-hmm. then basically resumed like normal. Um, I played, a, I got a couple of men's league game in before COVID shut down everything again. You know, mm-hmm. there was a point where like COVID like got really good. Yeah. And then like it just shut the, once the winter came, it got, the numbers got really high and then yeah. everything got shut down. It was down like all again. after Thanksgiving and Christmas. Exactly. And once the holidays and yeah. stuff. And then I was like, oh shit. Everybody got together. And in New York, I don't know about in Portland where the gyms closed for her. At a yeah. Park? The gyms were closed. Yeah. That was the worst. There was a yeah. point where the gyms were closed. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And you're like, what am I, hate, I, I was do? already done working out at home because like quarantine, all those homework. I was like, I'm over this right now. I, I hate, need to see some weights. Like, I hate home workouts. Yeah. <laughs> I hate being in my house and working. Yeah. Like, it's just not the atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. especially I'm always, I'm always like, I, I, especially in my apartment when it was all one space, like I'd be working out then in between my sets, I like, come over and sit on the couch or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't do that. I'm yeah. going to be yeah, no, it's, watching TV or something. It wasn't ideal, but I was, just, I was just really working hard, you know, trying to stay fit technically, physically, mm-hmm. whatever I had to do. And I came in and, you know, there's definitely, I think there was, there's definitely a difference in the level. I think overall, the average player. Yeah. I think league one, I think the teams are a little younger. So maybe you see definitely a lot, like our team is a lot more experienced. Mm -hmm. Last year I had a lot of guys who were like 22, 23, 24. The majority of our team was that old. So you see that. And then, yeah, there is a difference, I think, in quality. It's not massive. Mm -hmm. Definitely not massive, to be honest. But um, there's a difference. But there was that in my head. It's like, oh, like that level jump, that level jump, that level jump, you know. But um. I mean, it's been good. We've been here for what two two months. First se- first game of the season, so um, I'm still I think getting used to the team and the coach and everything. But for me, I can't complain. It's like a, I'm in a position where I, you know, I'm in the championship and it's up to me, you know, yeah. how I perform and stuff. Just waiting to get my chance, really. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I've always found the same exact thing. Like anytime you go from like club to like even a better club, or you go from club to college, or college yeah. to PDL, or PDL yeah. to a pro, a smaller semi pro setup, or up to a pro level or whatever. It's always like, yeah, you could tell the average level is higher. Right. Like every, you know, there's a difference, but like a lot of players at all levels can jump up to the next level mm-hmm. and fit in fine. Right. You know, and and, and it's just a lit, it's the little tiny things, a little bit more quality, a little right. bit more experience, whatever it is, right. you know, a little bit more athleticism or whatever, but right. it's, it's small differences that end up making overall yeah. a bigger difference. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. 
but because I mean, even we were talking about the drive over here, like you've, you've trained with players or played with players that have played at the top level. Yeah, everywhere, You see right? little things, you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah. That's the higher level right there. But right. you're like, you can see how it's close, you know? Yeah. It's in, it's not like super up there. It's touching distance, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's there. Yeah. That's awesome. And then um, everybody always wants to ask this or me to ask this, but like looking forward for um, the next season, two seasons or, or whatever i know it's it's i always hate asking this question because i don't believe like it's you can plan ahead right because it's going like we talked about it's like performing in the that season and right. then you're seeing what's going to happen right. but looking forward what are your like goals for the next three five years or so i think and as as any player it's like to reach the highest level i could play so i don't know if that's here in the states playing mm-hmm. mls or playing on a doing really good in championship or if it's in europe and i'd maybe end up in sweden again yeah. or some random country or even Asia, like you don't, you, you never know. But for me, it's like I aspire to be the best player I can be and play at the highest level I can. Mm-hmm. What that highest level will be, I can't tell you. You know, like you said, you don't know three, five years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, God forbid, I'm, but three years from now, I could be not playing anymore. Yeah. You know, like that's that's the reality of this game. You know that very much. Yeah. Where you played two seasons and then you didn't have a USL team all of a sudden. That could be the reality, but obviously I don't want it. But I mean, for me, it's just to play at the highest level I can. So mm-hmm. whether that's here in the States, Europe, Asia, you know, and then. I think obviously the older I get, like you said, like we talked about, like, you know, if I have kids or a wife or whatever, then the other factors start coming into play. Like, does it make sense? The money and everything to mm-hmm. travel. But right now I'm single. I'm younger. I'm 26. I'm not old. I'm not young anymore, but I still have some time ish. So for me, it's just to play at whatever level I can and keep improving you yeah. know, at the highest level I can. Yeah. At 26, do you feel like you're at your absolute like prime physically, mentally playing all that stuff? I think not, not yet for me, because I think, I think once I think I, again, I feel myself getting better. Already. Yeah. So that's important for me. But I think, um, in terms of experience, I can get more experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it shine, but like physically I feel great. I think, uh, maybe 27, 28, 29, but I could be like shit when I'm 29 compared to now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I could be really I've great found, when I'm 29, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. From what I found, I mean, I'm turning 29 this August. So the okay. summer, yeah. I feel like I'm at like every year has been better and better and better. Right, right. Like the game feels slower and slower and slower. I still feel athletic and strong and fit. Right. So, I mean, I, hopefully I'll still be feeling like that in my thirties, but right. I thought the same thing. Like I, I thought like, People were telling me when I was 26, you're in your prime. Right. But I felt better when I was 27 and I felt better now when I'm 28. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think it may have to do with the, the fact that like the typical American players like us start playing pro so much later. Yeah. Yeah. So like, cause like you get the average player who starts playing at like 20, 18, by the time they're 26, they have like eight seasons already. In them. Yeah. It's like that wasn't the case for us. Definitely. So. Yeah. That's what I think. A hundred percent too. Yeah. Um, and then, so now to end the podcast, I usually ask a few different questions. Um, you talked about this already. We kind of went over this, but what were the, the absolute best moments and the absolute like worst moment of your career, of your whole life? Mm. Like the would, highest high and the lowest low. I'd say for sure my debut was a high. You uh-huh. know? Uh, just went in, getting the clean sheet, you know, in front of the fans, little fireworks afterwards was great. You know, that was, you can't, like you remember every little detail about it. You know, mm-hmm. you always remember your debut, but mm-hmm. it's off the bench or starting. I remember how nervous I was. Like yeah. everyone was like, "Look, if you're nervous, just kick it out. All right, just kick it up the field." <laughs> yeah. like, and it, all the experienced like, guys, I'm just like, "You're not helping." Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> like you realize you're not helping. Right. The best like, thing you could do for a young guy is just not not talk about yeah. them being just nervous. Like, hey, go watch your game. Do it. Like just play well. You know. Yeah. But Don't worry about it. Yeah. confidence. It's like, like hey, that's the word. Or they're like, "Hey, just give me the ball. Right. Don't try anything crazy. <laughs> just give me the ball." I'm just like, like I have, you know, I could like do something. Like, I'm not like useless. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's funny. 
Yeah, they're always like, kick it up, just kick it up. Um, but um, <laughs> definitely that. Um, one of my lows was getting injured. That was my first serious injury. Mm-hmm. So definitely tearing a ligament. My knee was bad, and uh, I remember just like being torn because I was doing really well. Yeah, I was doing really well, and I was getting my stride. And I remember this: the coaches coming up to me was like, "Hey, man, can you play on it? Can you?" Because I, I tore it, missed the game, then played on it and played on a torn PCL, and we won versus Greenville one zero, and uh-huh. I actually played really well. Greenville was good that year yeah, too. They they were really good. They made the final, and um. Then I woke up the next morning, I couldn't move, but um, I was doing so well and I was getting so confident and people were like, wow, Leo's doing so good. Like mm-hmm. he's never played before, but he's doing well. And then I tore my PCL and I was back down to here, you yeah. know? So that was a really low and just moments like when I came back from Italy and Germany and I had no team and I thought about quitting. Yeah. Those were like that. Those are some serious times where I like was a, in my head, like soccer was like over. Like mm-hmm. there was really a part of me that was like, I'm going to get a job. Yeah. So those lows are just, I think you need those lows though. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Um, do you have any advice like for like what helped you during those lows or was it just time and just, I think, uh, reflection. Like I would go on walks mm-hmm. without my phone and just like really think about it. Like my life long-term and reflect, like that's why I would get to that line of thinking where it's like, I could work this marketing job when I'm 35 yeah, yeah. or 25 or 28. doesn't matter, but I'm not going to have the rest of my life to play soccer, you know? Yeah. And like each year that goes by that I haven't started my pro career, the harder it gets. That's the reality. You know? So Yeah. I yeah, I do the same thing. I'm always like I always try to think ahead when I'm forty. Yeah. And looking back, would I be happy or sad that like I stopped? Right. Or like I I would go to the day job. And then the moment where I'm like, you know, if I'm thirty three, I'm like, Yeah, I think I, my future self would be happy that right. I quit and moved on. Then I'm like, Okay, that's the time to quit. Exactly. So that's how I, I do the same thing. All right. Now uh last last question before we uh before we end the podcast, but Pretty much everybody listening to this is wants to follow in your footsteps, become a pro. Um, what would advice? What advice would you give to those people to to help them with their career? Well, obviously, I think it would depend on their age, but um, I'd say people who are younger obviously just play as much as they can. Mm-hmm. So that's like like unsupervised play too. Like I said, like you know, playing in the park, playing with your friends, develop a love for the game. And I think once you're older at like uh, maybe college level, or just breaking into college or DA, whatever you are. I think start setting goals and like, like we would say like, okay, you made that little jump to college now. It's like now establish yourself at that level, see what the level's like, but then make sure that you know you're good enough to be at a higher level and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Like every little step. So after college, I went to Sweden, even though it wasn't the greatest level, but it was, for me, it was a little step up, you know, like playing soccer outside of college, you know, the lifestyle and everything and uh, be willing to make the sacrifices. I think, you know, you have to make sacrifice in one form or another for everything, whether it's family, money, soccer so it's like be willing to make those sacrifices short term knowing that long term the things you want will come to fruition i guess mm-hmm. yeah that's you good know? and then what would be your advice for somebody who let's say they they are at a point where it's like uh where you were in that summer after germany and italy where mm-hmm. you like don't have any opportunities right then you're kind of like back home back to square one yeah. what would be your advice to somebody in that situation i think that's a situation a lot of guys will find themselves in yeah um like i have and you have uh, i think to just Throw yourself at it as much as you can. That's my line of thinking. Well, I was like, all right, I'm giving myself, I'm 22, 23. Like I know 25, 26, if I still don't have a team, it's kind of like, it's over. You know, yeah. like if I don't have a pro team. So I just kind of threw myself at it. Went to every open tryout I could. Went to, did every sacrifice I did. Like, you know, sleeping on that bus overnight, going to trial with no sleep um, and just throwing myself at every opportunity I can get. Investing yourself financially, whatever way you could. Mm-hmm. And in a way, and I, in a way, I guess it almost attracted that phone call that yeah. got me the contract. 
I, you know, you never know. So even playing in the men's league games, like you yeah. could have easily been like, no, 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 I'm not gonna play men's league. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It is I, cliche to say, right? Like you never know who's watching. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, but it's true. Yeah. Um, I always say too, like as a player, you have to be like an opportunist, mm-hmm. you know, like any little opportunity. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, there's that quote, it's like uh, opportunities are often dis- like disguised in hard work, you know, yeah. it's like so many opportunities that I look back on that kickstarted me meeting somebody or kickstarted whatever right like most people i feel like no like that's not a realistic way they wouldn't take it yeah yeah like i even there was this one time like the most cliche example of this like i was talking to a scout who was like scouting uh the college games Mm -hmm. and he was like yeah i think you would be good for this other pdl team i was already playing pdl at the time but he's like they have a good route to the pro game if you ever want to go you know meet somebody else he's like i'm gonna watch their their game literally had just met this guy he's like i'm gonna watch the game next weekend drive down to la it was like five six hour drive uh-huh. you can come with me and watch the game with me like you why know. would you do that he's like and he's like bring your boots i'll see if i can get you on the field or something <laughs> yeah. so i brought my boots i got in this stranger's car matt martin great guy we drove all the way down to la together just had met this guy that's crazy and drove all the way down to la to watch a, another pdl game which i was already at right but it was the pdl team was like basically sacramento republic's like team before they're about to be sacramento republic right and so like i got brought my boots the matt martin goes and talks after the coach he's like yeah cop in the locker room with them yeah. go in the locker room and that was pretty much where i met like ivan mirkovic met all those guys in sacramento republic and that's where you made the contact kick, yeah kick started that whole process with sacramento republic right. but literally it was off of some some random, random scout who was like yeah. come watch a game with yeah. me and bring your boots you never know what the opportunity will yeah be, that's for sure but you have to be like an op- optimistic opportunist yeah. to be like yeah i'm down i also think you have to be prepared though so like i forget i don't know i think my father would tell me be like it's better to be prepared for an opportunity that doesn't come that does. Yeah. So like, it's better to be prepared for an opportunity that doesn't end up coming than to not be prepared for when an opportunity does come. Yeah. yeah. So like, I would like stay you said, ready. Like that men's league game, I could have like taken the piss, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Or if you're 10 pounds overweight, yeah, out of not shape. Fit. Maybe like I'd that, gone out the other night, the night yeah. before. And that guy would have been like, he's not, he's not a he's pro. He's not, he's not a pro. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, and the thing is I probably would never found out about it because he mm-hmm. wouldn't have said it to my face. But he would never recommended me. Yeah, damn! I just got goosebumps thinking about like an alternate reality of like you went out the night before or you were out of shape. Was shit. The guy looks and tells him like, nah. But then he never tells you. I would never know. Yeah, that my never opportunity known. right there was gone because yeah. I didn't take that game seriously. Yeah, and then he wasn't you, gonna tell me like, oh, I got a call, but I said no. Yeah, because I didn't think you were ready. He exactly. Tell me that. And then when you're like 30, 40, you're like, yeah, well, no opportunities came. Like, but they did. I didn't get lucky. Yeah. So that's it. That's it right there. That's crazy. Yeah. Awesome. We'll, we'll end on that. So Leo, thank yeah. you for being on the podcast. Course, All man. your social media stuff will be in the description. You'll get yeah. the little pop-up thing yeah, that pops awesome, up. Awesome, man. Yeah. Anything else? Anything that you want to say on the no, podcast? Man. Thanks for having me. And, you know, everyone will make their own story. So I think it's important for them to do it themselves. You know, not everyone's story is going to be like yours and not everyone's going to be like mine. And there are similarities, but at the end of the day, you got to write your own story, right? Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Well, I'll catch you in the next video. Peace. Peace. Peace.